232 and it's me Gary P and of course it's the Prof Carl Riley. Trying to think of something to have a row with you about Gary because I noticed in the first 10 minutes of LOA Central they had an absolute cracking row. I don't think they like each other. <laughs> <laughs> and it was very very entertaining. So just imagine those two like getting that angry with each other. Like you didn't pick me up at the airport or something. I can't, I can't think of where we actually have ever had a massive argument like that or in general. We tend to agree mostly on everything. Do you know what I mean? Apart from when I shot you in the face. Well, that is a story for another day. That's the, the big Con Murphy exclusive that will be coming eventually. How Gareth shot me in the face. Live um, to tell the tale. Yeah, other than that, no major rounds. But uh, as for the weather, Gareth, beer, 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 beer oh, uh, forecast later in the week. What did I hear a couple of people in the, in the WhatsApp group saying? Praying that the game is cancelled. <laughs> Yeah, so then we'll go another week without our first win of the season. And of course, we are still sponsored by Leinster Credit and Ocean Electrical, our top, top tier sponsors, Prof. And four Profs always helping us out, doing what they do. And they're doing food now, Prof. A little stroll over, a little pizza, a little drop of soup, mm-hmm. a little green ribbon. I'd say it's no pizza baker, but uh, I'll, I'll give it a try. I'm going to guess it's the tin pizza, which I'm fond of, you know, for the culture. But um, yeah, so four pros doing field now, so look forward to getting some of that into me. But like we said, this week, two games, ten goals, six against Rovers, and another all-female Tifties hotlines. This equal, Prof. Yes, it's uh, International Women's Day, so the women are taking over Tifties again. Uh, By the way, I only found out an hour ago that this is a thing. Yeah, it's a real thing, yeah. International Women's Day. Cue me. Running around fucking Little and Aldi <laughs> in Clondalkin where the kids are training like a tick. Last minute purchase of flowers and chocolate. Why is this a thing? When is the, when has this become a thing? Every day is Women's Day. <laughs> or in yeah. uh, Jesus, every, every day is Women's Day. That's why you should be saying that. And there's always one or two ages online. It's like, why isn't there a men's day? I was yeah, like, well, yeah. there actually is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, an hour ago. So yeah, I saved the day. Got an old, an old bunch of tulips. But, um, yeah, so, uh, favourite non-rovers story of the week is the whole Borg family getting tossed out of court. I swear to God, <laughs> I have watched this about a hundred times since it came out. Oh, I can't get it. How dare you? <laughs> Hold on to the glasses for dear life. 
Shame on you. These. I just love your man who's limp and they're carrying yeah. <laughs> each arm, each leg. Um, do you know what he shouts as he's getting brought out the court? Transgenderism. What? That's what he shouts. That's it. Sounds like Lance Corporal or Lance General, and he's telling transgenderism. Boom! Out the door you go. Unbelievable. <laughs> and then you have the very nice guard going. Thank you very much. Just play, play, play. They, they are. You couldn't write it. Larry David couldn't write it. Uh, like it's the best comedy ever. You you could not write it. It's I'm waiting for that guy who makes uh, videos and music about random stuff online on Twitter. Can't remember his name. He made oh, one about uh, them already. Michael Fry. I think yeah, Michael Fry. He he needs he to made get one on already. This. Uh, where is um oh can't forget the, can't forget the, uh, the, the one in the courtroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go on, tell me because I know you want to talk oh, about I need this. To look, I need to look it up now. Um, here I'll get Michael Fry. Where are his shoes? Oh, was, uh, where is John Rogers? Where, where is John Rogers? Where is John Rogers? <laughs> oh, Absent on the morning of the meeting. Where are the shoes? <laughs> where are the shoes? He's getting thrown around the court and the mother's just like, where is the shoes? I was talking to someone at work who was sympathetic with him. No. It? And he was like, he was like, no, I think they're right though. And I'm like, hang on. Right about what? No, but put aside all that, right? They're bleeding, crashing every single court case, every single hearing. This gang of uh, family gang, shouting and chanting like a cult. <laughs> Do you know where he went after that? He went back to the school he got sacked from. I know, Standing yeah. Standing outside again. What a fucking creep! Man. I can't tell anymore. Every time I see that picture of me outside the school, I don't know if it's, if it's a Waterford Whispers article or a meme. Or is that actually him today outside the school again? <laughs> Honestly, I keep, and she said to me, Lara says to me, she's like, Gar, are you watching that video again? <laughs> like, yes, I've watched it a hundred times. I've been going to watch it oh, for uh, ages. Where is John Rogers <laughs> performed by an indie band? Yeah. Uh, I've, yeah. I've, I've replayed that one probably. That We're having a section now. 15 times. Every week there's a Borg family section. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, onto the football, Billy Woods reaction, prof, brilliant. Brilliant stuff from Billy Woods and Gavin O'Brien. Great interview with B.I. Billy. Billy Woods. I had to pause the podcast. I was laughing so much at the thought of the morbidly obese Fat Dolan giving out the core players about their nutrition. Yeah, I remember him years ago as well. He was always a big boy, but apparently it's not his fault. He's got a uh he's got some sort of illness, but Yeah, it was good. Uh good response to the Billy one. A few people came up to me in person as well saying they, they enjoyed it. McDarrow, like I like the way he put it, he said we had there wasn't much to cheer about back then. Hmm. If you think about it, 2001, I know the team got to a couple of semi-finals and league runners up, but but that like the hammer Shelburne three 0 in Talca. Do you know what always? And that goal. Yeah, do you know what always is said about that era? The word grim. Yeah, grim is always the way it's described. But like Noly, Noly O'Brien. Uh, good interview with Billy Woods. Loved him when he played for us. Noly always says that this is his favorite time following Roberts. Yeah, young adolescent coming up through the ranks. I think we agree on this, don't we? This is our favorite era of of interviews. Yeah, like we said, the the Spice Boy era, you could say from Rovers, wasn't it? Mark Kenny and mm. the likely lads. Uh, there was a reaction to not not Billy, but uh, my my program article, the three replays in three days. 
Uh, Peter Fitzpatrick was there as well. So I interviewed Jim Conroy and John Byrne. They were there. John John's memory was hazy of it, but he was there. Uh, but Peter says he was there as well. Says he remembers the FBI trilogy very well. Peter. At all three games. He says Jimmy Jackson is a friend of mine. He played in the games and today he's involved at Rovers with underage teams. Uh, I've seen, I saw I was following this one now at Kilconner Flock. Kilconner Flock. And I'm looking at it I'm like, is Prof just following like farmyard animal so- tweets? No, I'm not actually. And I was thinking, right, okay, it could be something liked or someone else someone likes. But apparently they listen at East Ham Pod, listening from the lambing shed. Forgot, forget bees, we have sheep. Culture hoops. So we actually have a few farmers listening, Prof. This could possibly be the gentleman who booked on uh, my Charlois bus in Belgium. Charlois. Yeah, in Belgium. Yeah, possibly. Because yeah. I remember I remember he DM'd me on Twitter and it might have been him. Yeah, so the hashtag culture hoops. Culture, culture hoops. Uh, the Wheats, Emma Wheatley, she's back. Will I do an impression? <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't, I won't do it. Um, I listened to this week's podcast at 35,000 feet in the air en route to Malaga surely in the running of the highest listen award definitely one of my favourite ex-player interviews with Billy Woods his former teammates asking questions was a brilliant inclusion I said this to your prof when I was listening to the footage I said it's a brilliant idea it's mm-hmm. deadly because they'll ask something a little bit cheeky as well something that they might get embarrassed about or something like we wouldn't know about or ever have heard about yeah so Definitely. something I'm gonna I'm gonna probably take forward into future interviews. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and just on what, what Emma said there about highest listen, Eamon Mac not happy with this. Oh. He says flights don't count. He we're says gonna, feet must be connected to the earth. Oh, if we're gonna go into sub categories now as well. In fairness, like, the man just climbed a mountain and listened to listen to TFTs. It's being taken away from. Yeah. So I think. But the sound of things, Eamon wants to smoke for the Eamon wants to, sorry bro, I'm after finding half a cream egg stuck to me leg here. I was eating one in the car, a little bit dropped. And yeah, that's where, where it is. I was wondering why it was all sticky. It's a new law for titties. Um, cream eggs stuck to us. Yeah, so uh, Eamon versus the wheats, the smoke is yeah. on. Brad's article on referee assesses, I like this because it's honest and it's, not well obviously it's only rearing its head and Brad's just talking about it because we're having issues with referees and was it a ref- all- referee spoke to him anonymously was it no it was just him talking about the referees assessors possibly putting a lot of pressure on the refs no I read it but I mean I, I heard that's where he got all his information from Ooh, mm. I don't know could possibly be but I think it, it comes down to like a lot of the refs are making poor decisions I think John Matten he got sent off on his first game back for Sligo. Mm-hmm. Did you see that red card? Mm. It was shocking. Oh, I think I did. It yeah. was terrible. Yeah, that was awful. nowhere near awful, a red awful card. Awful decision. Awful decision. Bulger yeah. got booked because of it as well. Um, I think there possibly is. Believe it or not, actually, I actually met a ref on the Saturday when Jaden was playing against St Francis, and um, he was. He he said there's no real directive. Because I asked him, I said, "Is do you know what? Like, if you're in work and you might have a huddle and you talk about something you want to pinpoint and something you want to improve, did the refs sit around and say, okay, well, here's what we want to stamp out face to hands. Here's what we want to do, be a little bit more harsh. The referees' assessors are watching us. Do you know, is was that a, a directive? Nothing, nothing came ha- from it. That happens at the start of every season, I think. Yeah. That's why you see more cars than usual. Like, after Friday's games, it was 87 yellows and four reds in 15 games. Yeah. 
Nuts. Crazy, crazy stats. That's way too high. Yeah, but Brazzer was saying basically that it's dangerous to be in a position where referee is, rather than refereeing the game in front of him, he's refereeing to uh, impress his assessor in the stands and make sure he's ticking all the right boxes. This is genuinely a thing. It genuinely is. Because if you... Are, if you have any aspirations and you're, you want to go to the next level of refereeing, you want to do it well and ultimately it might depend on an assessor giving you a good report or you mm. might just be afraid of the backlash of having a poor game. If, more you, have poor, so. if you have a poor game and then you're out of rotation for three, four weeks. Exactly. So it is, it's it's not nice pressure really when you think about it because you have enough pressure on you as a referee as it is from fucking 22 fellas and backroom staff. So mm. yeah, no, very good point, valid points. Talka tickets prof for out Tuesday morning the Talka shit show the Shelbourne shit show well for, yeah the members process seemed to go smoothly but the season ticket holder situation on Wednesday as we record today uh, was a couple of broken links went up and it was yeah. causing chaos but I think we got there in the end didn't we yeah, everybody was happy if you have got spares in the end though if you've got spares please let, let us know we'll get rid of them Bigger allocation this time though, uh, rather well bigger than Sligo and Drada, eight fifty for the relegation derby. The relegation against derby, Shelburne. Yeah. Do you notice the email actually said Damien dubs Shelburne? Yeah, yeah, a bit of a bit of humour in the office. Uh, yeah, so that's it with the tickets. So if you are stuck or you do want to sell them, get in touch with our socials. We will get rid of them because they will be like gold dust as usual. And I know there's probably people going to be buying it at the home end. Um, hopefully nobody's screaming and getting dragged out. Saying, <laughs> oh, I am. Where are his shoes? <laughs> tying it back to the Burks yeah. there. Yeah. So, uh, in other in other news, in other mental results, Liverpool seven, United nil. Um, I I was busy when this was on, so I was kind of going in and out of the sitting room. But Jaden was was sitting in the sitting room watching it, and all I could hear was, "Oh!" I was like, "What is going on? What the fuck is he watching?" And he's like, "No way!" And he's like, "It's six. I was like, "Stop! Stop messing!" <laughs> Went down in seven. I was like, "This is nuts! This so is nuts!" Similar. He was giddy as fuck. Like, so it's six nil. It was similar to when it was four two and Tala. It's like, what is happening? It's literally, yeah, literally, yeah. I, I didn't believe yeah. him. I didn't believe him at all. Um, but I stuck this here mostly to have a mini rant about Premier League stats. You probably saw this in the chat already, Gary. And uh, when I saw the six or when I saw the seven nil scoreline, my first thought was right. I'll go on to some of the stats. Uh, you were like, I need an explanation. No, yeah, I, was, <laughs> yeah. I went on like, is this the biggest win over Man United in X amount of time, whatever all that. And uh, the first one that came up was Mo Salah. Is now Liverpool's record Premier League goal scorer. That one's under the radar, didn't it? Um, well, it's just the first one I, I spotted. Something's and annoying you here. So he went on to 129, overtaking Felder's 128, right? Now the fact that it said Premier League goal scorer, and just something popped into my head earlier in the week, Ray Whelan had said that he hates this, as do I, he hates this Premier League shit. It should yeah. be top flight. And... I think it was Barney who pointed out that uh, Alan Shearer scored 23 goals for Southampton in the old first division. And they don't so, count? So whenever you see Alan Shearer's stats, like here's his league goals, yeah, they just say Premier League and they're missing 23. Purely because they just decided to rebrand the league. Just got a top flight. Yeah. It's alright. So Salah has 129. 
and he's Liverpool's all-time record Premier League goal scorer, right? Okay. It's like post-war, pre-war, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so it's, it's a lot of goals. It's impressive. He's he's one of their best players of this generation. Uh, but what is the actual record I became curious about? Oh, God. Um, Daglish? Well, I guess Rush. Now, apparently Ian Rush is all commentations. Oh, Roger yeah. Hunt was Roger the top Hunt. scorer. 244. Right, he's a long way to go. So Mo Salah is a measly hundred plus goals off the record, the actual record. But yet this record is now in lights, and is all anyone will so talk what, about. So what? What era was that? Roger, Roger. Did you say Roger Hunt? Roger Hunt. Actually, not from anyone. He's obviously. So even if there is anybody alive, probably seventies, eighties. Obviously, there's still people yeah. alive if it is that era, and they saw mm. and witnessed this. They must be thinking, fuck this, Mo Salah. We're going to get Justin Mason onto his now, aren't we? Yeah. Like, How can you not have heard of yeah, Roger Hunt? Yeah. He'll know about yeah. his record-breaking goal in the fourth minute of you know 1968. You'll know what he game. had for breakfast in the morning of a European Cup win. Um, yeah, no, it's, yeah. It's, 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 it's mental because literally, like, let's say there's Liverpool fans who, when the changeover happened into the Premier League, like obviously it's taken a while for the, the record to be beaten and Robbie Fowler was a cult hero and stuff like that but now they're saying that everything that Salah's done is better than what Roger did and Fowler mm. did as well in that era and if so you just change the word top flight literally then it's just that's it it's just sad as second but real, for yeah. real fans I'd imagine it doesn't really mean much you know it's just for yeah. media in the interest of fairness now I do like my Tala era stats because we're 14 years in Tala we're coming up now next week we'll be 14 years in Tala my god and 14 years is a long time and we have fans who didn't see us before Tala so I think it kind of is interesting to track the top goal scorers and appearances now since Tala but um, I wouldn't be as you know the way you know the way Sky do it yeah football began in 1992 yeah Um, also at one stage during the the 4-all game Monday I just thought aside from this being you know the shambolic defending and I'm thinking about Jesus we still haven't won a game this season and for a moment I just took all that out of it and thought what an absolute pleasure to be here for this yeah. mental game of this mental live experience I am so glad I witnessed this honestly I, this that, is what football is all that's about that's exactly what I said even even at 4-3 or I think it was fucking Big Daddy Keaton was in front of me and after it went in now he's he took a knock he went flying off his bike he got knocked off his bike so he saw so he went over to you know maul him or whatever because he was in the way after the fork all went in and he was he was in agony but he he was he made a great point he said this it's enjoyable this is why we love football that's the the quote this is why we love football yeah and um, it's it's brilliant it really is like I mean it was exhilarating we'll talk about it again we'll talk about it coming up we'll do the hotline for us the fact that only four thousand went uh, it, it was kind of teed up for a. Like it was a Monday night game, a home to newly promoted club. Gaffney gives us the lead early, and you're like, "Oh, a routine three-one win here." You could not have seen what was coming. And again, the reason I bring all this up is just to tie it back to United. Uh, there was a video went up after they won the League Cup final against Newcastle, the Carabao Cup, and it was a uh, footage from an Irish pub. I think it might have been in Ballyferma, and. So just the camera just pans to all the Irish United fans all wearing their jerseys, celebrating. They're actually watching the trophy presentation. 
I didn't even watch the video. They're watching the trophy presentation, so they watch United lift the League Cup trophy, and everyone's all the they're all applauding the pub, right? Standing up. One fan, I swear to God, had his phone out, and he was filming a trophy presentation of Man United on the TV in a pub in Dublin. That is like the, it's it's like the Barstooler's goal. That's like Barstooler <laughs> goal level, isn't it? It's nuts. I just don't get and it. And there was one reply and it said, great atmosphere last night. <laughs> in the pub. In the pub. In Dublin. In Dublin. Thousands of kilometres away. Meanwhile, get your eight gold thrillers. Yeah, yeah. In Tala on a Monday get night. Get your eight gold thrillers. Yeah, so we talk about it again soon enough, but next up, Prof, is the Tifties hotline of questions where as follows. The intro. Remember, season ticket holder since... Or just, where, or just following yeah, since. Yeah. Where do you sit in Tala, get for, in Tala for games? Favourite way ground, Premier Division only. And did you buy an LOI TV season pass? What? Before you move on there, uh, we didn't mention last week, Dan McDonnell said on LOI Central that LOI season pass sales have been really poor yeah, and likely so, to yeah. jeopardise the venture going forward. Yeah, we said this. We, we predicted this, though, didn't we? All the dodgy mm. boxes and everybody else. Very, very few. Um, what made you fall in love with Rovers? Have you faced any challenges as a female supporter in the League of Ireland from the beginning up until now? Facilities, gender, stereotyping. What have Rovers and Tallis Stadium done better than other clubs to welcome more women to games? Uh, what could the club improve on? Will you go to Rovers women's games this season? Predict the Rovers ladies team finish in the league and will Ireland do well in the World Cup in the summer? Five, we are missing three of our centre-backs against Derry. Who's your favourite centre-half you've ever seen play for Rovers? Do you agree with Bradzard that this is our strongest squad in years? What is the funniest or maddest show? Comment. Insult directed at a player. You overheard at a game. Do you know one that just sticks out to me as well? Jocks or Kelly used to get dogs abuse. <laughs> and you, everyone used to shout at him, I'm your dad. So one, someone, it'd be quiet or whatever, and you'd be in the Connick Street, and someone would go, Jocks or it's me, da, it's me, papa. And someone would go, <laughs> don't mind them, son. It's me, it's me. He actually whipped his flute out one day as well. He started shaking it around. Um, um, yeah, that's one of the many. Well, one of the shows. That's, that's question seven there up to now. Funniest or maddest show comment insult directed to the player that you overheard. The problem with this one is, I have a great one and it's by far the best I've ever heard. Okay. And involves you at Daily Mount. The problem is, is, I can't say it. What? I guess it's the Talbot one. Oh. <laughs> I just oh. Can't say it. oh. Well, listen, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Um, it's just the best ever. Hollywood section the Oscars are coming up have you seen any of the best picture nominations I'm actually lacking in this at the minute prof I'm stuck into The Last of Us finished a programme called The Yellow Jackets there as well brilliant Um, what have I seen have you seen any of them have you seen any of the Hollywood section I don't think I've seen any nominations this year now no. people keep telling me to watch Top Gun normally yeah it's, it's actually on the box as well normally I just say do you know what there's the list and I go through them by the week but I just haven't got around to it. I'm I'm busy uh I'm busy hoovering up yellow jackets and, and the last of us has been brilliant. Uh, best and worst film you saw in the past year, it can be an old movie. What was the worst one? I saw a terrible one recently. Saw a couple of brutal ones actually. Um I can't think uh, of them now. Worst one I saw in the last year was one I watched a couple of weeks ago. Nicholas Cage movie called Knowing in two thousand nine. Uh, is it about aliens? There is aliens at the end, yeah. Have you seen it? I think I did. It's where they dig up this 
prediction from a girl that she made 50 years ago. A school dig up all the children's predictions for the future. Most of them just draw rocket ships and all that. She actually scribbled down a lot of numbers. And then Nicolas Cage finds a sheet of paper, puts it up, and he starts pulling out all significant dates out of it. So 9-11 and how many people died. Here's a, an oil spill, 1983, so many people died. And somehow he's, he's, he's rationale that the last three are things that haven't happened yet. And this girl from 50 years ago has predicted disasters in the future that he must now... Sp- is this M. Night Shyamalan? This is his, it's M. Night Shyamalan, no, isn't it? No, it's, uh, it's a ridiculous film, but strangely I enjoyed it because of how bad it was. Um, the best movie we we talked about this recently. Um, what did I see? Recently? I have an answer which I will say later on because, fascinatingly, one of the callers picked it. Oh. She picked my favorite movie of the last year. I don't know what's um, yours so. though. Oh man, top of my head. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, worst films. It's a, f- a film called A Wounded Fawn. Right now, we talked about this before, Prof. Um, with Rotten Tomatoes, how inconsistent it can be at times. A Wounded Fawn looks brilliant. Brilliant. Looked great on the trailer. Fuck me. What percentage did it have? It's 96. Right? Honestly, the ending, I know, I think talking about the ending can sometimes be a spoiler. You, you, just, watch, just watch it for the ending even. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. Uh, Midsummer. Am I saying that right? Midsummer yeah. is one of the best movies I've watched in a while. That, um, that's a few years old, but yeah. You I, made a great show because I, I said I hadn't seen it and you said, Gary, you have to you have to watch it. It's a horror movie filmed in, in daytime. And and it's only afterwards when you realise, hang on, I've never seen a horror movie. You said film it to me. You were like, what do you notice daytime? about it? And I was yeah. like, no, I don't know. Like, I wasn't sure. And then you, you pretty much pointed out and said, it's fucking daytime horror movie. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, the one with the fucking aliens in the sky was brilliant as well. Oh, come on. What was what, 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 Jordan Peele? Uh, yeah, Jordan Peele's Nope, Prof. That was brilliant. I love everything yeah. about that guy, his style. I loved all I love all his movies so far. Yeah, yeah, he's been brilliant. So that's... He's one of the few directors like where he, he puts out a movie and I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit down yeah, and watch this. I'm going to watch that. I'm going to watch it. Um, the Will Smith slap uh, reaction at the time, I thought to myself, something's not right in that relationship. He looked like he was pressured into it, you know? Looked like he was kind of like, oh, she, oh, she's going to fucking kill me if I don't do something here. Or Like, their relationship was fucked up, so... I remember watching a lot of... I remember reading articles and watching a few videos reaction to it, and they're like, well, he laughs at first, and then he, he sees his wife's reaction, then he gets up, and it's like, the joke wasn't even that good. Yeah. And he's slapping Chris Rock. It was so bizarre. But Chris Rock is a smart dude. Didn't yeah. react, didn't say anything, didn't come out with it, and then he released a Netflix special. A year later. He went to yeah. town on him. I saw it the other day. Uh, wow, he ripped him apart. <laughs> ripped him. Ripped him. I wasn't expecting that at all. No. But then when it came out, I was like, fucking genius. Whoever whoever thought of that one. Uh, celebrity yeah. doppelganger. Um, Prof, you, do you remember they used to say, what was the name of your man who slept with Stifler's mom? In American Pie. Sean William Scott. No, not fucking him. Not not Stifler. The other one. Oh, uh, that Shipbreak. <laughs> Shipbreak. What are you saying? I look like yeah, him. Yeah, I used to think you yeah. look like him. Yeah, okay. Well, him, what did Butler think you look like I, as well? Do you remember Butler? I, Stood I think, you up on the bus and brakes. Oh, remember from the in-betweeners? <laughs> I've gotten McLovin. <laughs> or, have, or have I? Or is that Barry's mate as McLovin? 
Uh, I think they uh, all look like fucking McLovin. I got David Schwimmer when I was younger. David Sh- Sh- Ross. I don't Ross see from it. Friends. I don't see it all myself. Um, I think you, the one I was most proud of was yeah. Rivaldo. I always called you Rivaldo. Yeah. Um, I, remember, I remember having a poster of Rivaldo in my room, and whatever it was, that angle. You seriously looked like him. I was playing in a tournament in Holland and someone said it and I, th- I tried to emulate Rivaldo every- and I fell flat on my face. I was trying to do flicks and overheads and I was like, no, yeah. Gar, this isn't you. Drop back back in the centre half there and just lump it. Now I just see any any TV presenter or anybody with a quiff. <laughs> with a quiff. And I just like, here's Gary P. Yeah, now. there's yeah. the quiff. Uh, are you any good at quizzes and what could be your specialty subject both academically and... In pop culture, I'll say I like quizzes. I'm I'm okay at them. Um, my specialist subject: nineties hip hop. Nineties hip hop. I'm hip hop in general, but nineties hip hop. I'm not missing a beat with that. Not missing a beat. Um, I don't even know what my specialist subject. I mean, aside from mountains, of rovers, stats. and stats and league of Yeah, you know, generally you like you are quick with most most things. I'd say you're. Uh, I don't know. I don't do well in general knowledge quizzes though, to be honest. I don't so I have to think about that one. Um biggest prize you've ever won in a raffle competition, Lotto or Bet. Prof, you Well my you, favourite is winning the Brazil Ireland tickets from the Evening Herald competition. Oh, that we, that? Went we, to, we paid ninety quid or something. Your dad did. Do you remember? Your dad paid a fortune for some and then we ended up winning them. Did he? That's yeah, hundred percent. I thought we tried to get I'm them. I'm nearly but, but sure we your couldn't. dad paid a fortune for them. And then we won them. Or maybe he just told us he won them and he paid a fortune for them. But no, there's a different story there. <laughs> Don't ruin my story. I, yeah. I won tickets in the Herald. Well, I won, I won a six-month gym membership in City West for winning Fear Factor. I sat, I lay in a coffin with a snake. I ate spiders. I don't even remember this. It was year, it was, I, I reckon I was 19 or 20. Abby was only born. And yeah, lying in the coffin with the snake was the weirdest thing. It was right at my face, and its little fucking forked snake tongue was just licking me nose. I was like, "What am I doing?" But it was good crack. That's 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 the last thing I can because I, I don't win bets. I know that. Well, don't talk to me about the spiders then. Oh yeah, no, eating a lot of maggots and spiders was horrible. Did you actually do all that shit? <laughs> yeah, I swear to God, because I got up there and goes, "I'm winning this." That's more like I'm a celebrity. Get me out here. Yeah, it was just nasty. like eat this. Horse twaddling them or something like <laughs> random, random animal parts. Horse testicles, yeah. Yeah. So, um, by the way, am I allowed to? I think I am since it's our show, but am I allowed to come back to a previous hotline question? Absolutely, bro. And that was favorite thing to cook. Oh, props coming because no joke, I now cook a mean lasagna. Yes, oh, putting the sheets down. Absolutely, the Put whole it. the whole nine years, Gar. Uh, Actually started from my ma. My ma made this for years, and she taught me that, and that showed me. So you got your is there is there sauce? Got is there spices? Bit of black pepper, parsley, oregano, Worcestershire sauce. Oh yes, the Worcestershire sauce. Oh what a yes. Show. Oh yes. What a show. This is a good lasagna. Will I tell you what I do with it? Do you know what I put it on? A bed of rice. Ooh. I put lasagna on a bed of rice. <laughs> I swear to God, and it gets all in it. And it's, oh, yes. Um, yeah, so what's prof- up next? We have part one. It's Sarah Wheelahan, Amy Woods, and Laura Glacken. Hotline. 
Hi, this is Sarah Wheelan calling in for the Rovers hotline, making my second appearance. So thanks for having me on. I've been a season ticket holder um, from the 2016-17 season really onwards. And I started following the club kind of then since when Bradley and since Bradley and all that gang have started. So it's been something that uh, I very much enjoyed. I sit in the same area. I've usually been, I've always been in the West, the the west stand or the main stand and um, behind the rovers dugout and i currently now sit at the moment with a few of the lads there um with bobby and bren and butler and Giggsy. so we all kind of sit um and have a great view in our little um area that we we like to take up so it's, it's great fun there um my favorite away ground probably um, would be St. Pat's, probably been to St. Uh, Inchcore quite a bit uh, compared to most of the other grounds for away games, just for handiness sake. And I've been to some great games there and seen some great results. So I've got fond memories of there. Um, I probably could be controversial, but I do enjoy Bowes away. Again, I remember last year getting into a during or two years ago now during COVID getting in when there were no Rovers um, away tickets sold at one of those games of COVID. I ended up getting beg borrowing and stealing and getting a ticket to to the away end but I was in physically the away end but it was all in with uh, with Bose fans so it was a bit of crack and a bit of fun when I wasn't obviously meant to allow let people know that I was a a Rovers fan so it was a bit fun but um I do enjoy just from the crack and the games and the atmosphere um Bose away end is quite good uh for for that the facilities i know are, are a different topic altogether there but at the same time i do enjoy bows away um for the atmosphere that is the whole the whole event of a game waterford as well i know they're not in the primary division at the moment but the rsc i very much enjoyed as well the facilities there and the ground and the view from the the away end um as well so that kind of i think has to get a mention but apart from that i've not really been to a lot of other away grounds and it's something i do want to try and i've been to a few but i do want to try and get to the others i've not been to um dundalk or to Shelburne away. So hopefully I'll get them in in the next few weeks. I didn't buy an LOI season pass because usually if there's a reason that I can't get to a game physically, I'm not either in the country or I'm not able to sit down and watch it on the laptop. So I, I see no point in getting one because uh, usually I'm out of the country or whatever and I'm traveling and I'm not able to be at a game and not even able to watch the games at the time either. So I didn't bother getting one of them. Um. I briefly touched on it there back in 2016-17 when living in Dublin. I just ended up going with friends to loads of games. Would have always been a football fan, a Man United fan and wanted just to go to some games physically myself on a regular basis rather than going over to England, which I've never actually gone to. And I don't regret that I haven't. I'm very much in love with going to the Rovers games and that just um, gets me what I want. And it's great. So I just started going to the games then. Uh, with on a regular basis with friends and stuff and if they're not around I'd go on my own um, so yeah it's just become an important part uh, in my social calendar as a female supporter I've not actually really faced many challenges luckily enough um, I have to say there's not really been any gender stereotyping from my point of view facilities have been fair enough too yeah you know the bathroom facilities in all grounds probably could do with a little bit of a uh, top up and stuff and a, a bit of better upkeep but in fairness overall I can't really complain I, I don't regret I don't have any negative connotations going to any games I'm not dreading going somewhere and um, you know 
the, the game quality usually overrides anything else for me and it makes it worthwhile. So I'm not put off in general. Um, Rovers and Tallis Stadium, I have to say, they do have great facilities for women and for all. So um, the, the toilets there are quite good as well. Um, and I always just find as well when I'm going to the games, be it on my own or with friends or with the guys, like that... I've always got such a lovely welcome from all the ground staff and anyone working at the gate or selling uh, the the match programs or in the toilets or in the, the the club shop and the club bar and all that kind of stuff. I've always got a lovely welcome. So um, definitely I, I find the, the hospitality and the friendliness of the Rovers and Tala Stadium um, staff is second to none. They really always do make me feel very welcomed. Um, I guess what could, could a club improve on? There's nothing really that jumps out. The toilets, you know, could always, um, and facilities like that could always do with a, uh, a better upkeep, but there's nothing generally um, major that jumps out at me. Rovers women's games. I'm not living in Dublin at the moment, so it takes me about an hour and a little bit to get to the games. So I probably don't see myself coming up on a Friday and then Saturday for the Rovers games. If I'm around the city at the time, I might easily um, to pop out to one or to go to one, but I don't see it being something that's um, a priority, to be honest, because as well, Saturdays, I usually do have other things on. Um, whereas Friday evenings are usually kept free for the games. Um, so I'm not sure if I can give all my Saturday or give my Saturdays as well. So it's not maybe um, going to be something that I'll get to regularly, but we'll see how it goes. The women's, uh, Rovers women's team, I do see them do them. I do see them doing quite well, I have to say. I'm a fan of Colley O'Neill. I do think he'll he'll do very good. I think maybe the they've got some really good players signed and the new team bounce kind of will, will help them. And I see them probably finishing in the top three. Um, Ireland in the World Cup this summer, I'd love to. It's not beyond the bounds possibilities that I don't go to some of the games, but I'd love to see if I could get to a game or two um, during the summer. But again, I do see them getting out of the group stages and maybe through the knockout round 16 and um, hopefully further on. But I'd see that as a minimum, hopefully. I don't want to be too optimistic. Um, my favourite ever centre-half I've seen playing for Rovers probably has to be Pico Lopez. Um, because I'm not following the club that long in the grand scheme of things a lot of people would say and talk about multiple other players that i wouldn't have been following the club when they were playing for them so i'm not familiar with them but um pico i am a big big fan of i think he brings a lot to the dressing room a lot to the team he's a real leader when he's on the pitch and i'm definitely a big big fan of his do I agree with Bradzer that the strongest squad that we've the squ strongest squad at the moment? Yeah, I do. Um, the games, the results at the moment haven't really maybe shown that just yet. But I know we do always start a bit slow, so I'm not too worried at all. But um, on paper we have a great squad now, so I do hope that it comes to fruition and that the the squad all pull together and that results start going our way. So hopefully Bradley is right, and I have all my faith in him because things have always worked out for what he said. So I don't fear anything there. The maddest kind of quirkiest insult or anything I've heard at players, probably like nothing really jumps out at me, to be honest, but probably um, I'm sure I've heard random stuff, usually pe related to people's family or their hairstyle or how they're looking or something like that um, kind of gives you a laugh. Or usually if it's not at the players, it's at the linesman or the fourth official or the ref or something, which is always a, a funny one too. But yeah, I can't think of anything jumping out at me. I'm not going to be able to answer the next few questions too well because I'm not a big movie fan. I don't really watch that many movies and the Oscars I know are coming up and all that and 
the the nominations for the best picture again i've not seen any of them i've not usually want to watch many so i can't contribute to that um best and worst film probably in the last year again because i'm so poor i'm only catching up on the classics so i did enjoy um the notebook and Notting Hill. I watched them in the last little while, so I very much enjoyed them. And actually, the Whitney Houston um, tribute movie that was out there over Christmas, I did see that and I thought that was epic. So um, drew all the emotions and I thought that was very good. Worst, actually, I did happen to see Knock at the Cabin about two or three weeks ago and thought that was one of the worst films I've actually ever seen. It was just so poor and nothing came of it. Um, so, yeah definitely one I would not be advising people to go see. Again, the the Will Smith slap incident that happened this time last year. I wouldn't be a showbiz fan really either, so wouldn't pass any heat on anything that happens like celeb related. So I can vaguely remember what happened, but yeah, um, I don't think I passed much care at it, about it at the time and still couldn't be bothered. So there's nothing to add there. Celebrity doppelganger. I remember um, a child years ago when I was a bit younger, someone telling me I looked a bit like Miley Cyrus, but I don't think that is true. <laughs> Apart from that, I don't think I've been told I look like anyone else um, either. I do love a quiz, I have to say. I have been known to organise quizzes with my family and do up multiple rounds at Christmas time and we have a big family quiz. So I love attending quizzes and I love um, going to them and making them and like hosting them and stuff as well. So I am, um, that's one of my favourite things to do. I love a good quiz. Um, I don't know if I have a speciality, maybe geography or general knowledge potentially could be up there. Um, but that's kind of all. I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't have a special real uh, area of of expertise and then the biggest prize I've ever won in a raffle or competition probably the biggest one was I went to Bingo Loco a few years ago with friends just before Covid and I won the top prize of a holiday so that was to Munich flights and accommodation so I think that probably um covers that one um yeah and that's been pretty epic and I've got to to go on that trip as well which has been great but yeah, that's probably all. Um, thank you so much for having me on and I look forward to hearing from you guys. See you later. Hi, I'm Amy Woods. I'm a season ticket holder and I've been following Rovers for as long as I can remember. So I guess about 30 years. Uh, I dipped in and out a bit when I was younger, but I've been going to matches weekly for about 15 years now. Uh, sit in the East Stand with my family. We started in the West. We've been in the West most of the time we were in Tala and then we defected to the South Stand and now we're in the east, so who knows, it might affect to the north next year. Um, favourite away ground is probably the showgrounds. Just always a good atmosphere. The facilities aren't too bad as a woman needing to go to the toilet. And I like that you can move about behind the goal. You can go in the stand, kind of move about wherever you want. So, um, yeah, I'll go with the showgrounds. I haven't bought a season pass yet for LOI TV. I'm still debating because we go to a lot. I go to all the home matches, go to a few of the away matches. So not sure it's worthwhile. I just pay the seven quid a pop. Um, not sure anything made me fall in love with Rovers. It's just, it's in my blood. My parents were supporters. Like they always have it. My dad actually postponed his first date with my mom because he was making a banner for a Cork City match, I think. Um, so we were just brought up with a love of football, love of Rovers. It was never going to be any other way so it's just instilled in me from the time I was little uh in terms of in terms of being a woman supporter 
I have to say I haven't really faced any real challenges. Um, I don't know, maybe it's because I go with my family, so I'm not like sitting around the pub with a Rovers jersey getting slagged or anything like that. But the toilets are the big one. Like it's always the same for women. Like the toilet facilities in most away grounds are shit. Uh, so that's kind of one of the things. But um, the most <laughs> I get more challenge for just following Rovers in the league in general than I do for being a female supporter. Um, but in terms of Rovers and Tala Stadium. They are the best in the league for women, I mean, as far as I'm concerned. Proper toilet facilities and not just like actual good sections, toilets that are kept clean, but they have superior products in there, really important. Um, just a good family atmosphere in Tala. And one of the things I really like as well is that they do women's kits. You wouldn't believe how far hard it is to find a female football jersey. Like, it's unbelievable. So um, always good that Rovers do them. We'll usually do them anyway. Um. I'm not really sure what more they could do better, to be honest. It's pretty, they're pretty solid as they are Um, in terms of, you know, I mean, having the women's team now is great. Like it's another kind of avenue. And I think for me with women, it's all about visibility and you can see that all over the stadium. There's female stewards, there's female people working in the shop, female volunteers, like it's all over the stadium. So it's not just kind of male led like it is in, in some places. Um. I honestly haven't followed the women's league enough to know if if our you know if it's a strong squad in comparison to others, um. But it, this the squad they've made up is is seriously good. Really good result last night. Can be a last minute winner. Um. So I mean, my guess of where the Rovers women's team have finished probably near the top. Um. But that's with the caveat that I don't have that much uh, knowledge of it. But I'm intending to to do get better at that this year and go to a few women's games hopefully um in terms of the Ireland team <laughs> I'd love to see them do well at the World Cup and I usually am one of these hope springs eternal people but uh I don't think I'll be getting my hopes up too high for anything with Ireland in the next while um favorite center half for Rovers is Pico it's pro- could be recency bias but I don't really think it is I just love him. He's just come on so much since he's been at Rovers. Like, he's just made such strides. He was a good player when he came, but, like, he's just a different player now. Just puts everything on the line. He's just there all the time, need him. And the thing for me as well is, like, when he's not there, you notice it. Like, of all the players, when Pico isn't in the team, you know he's not in the team. Like, he makes such an impact when he's there. Um, I just love watching him. I just love watching people that are just so, like, just love Rovers and love playing for the team and just, yeah. So that's my that's my pick. <clears throat> um do I uh, do I agree with Bradley it's our strongest squad in years? Look, it's a really strong squad on paper. What I really like about it is that we've kept the core of the team. Um, you know, we've added a few that we needed to, except maybe a goalkeeper. But um yeah, it's a pretty strong squad. Only time will tell. I don't think the results that we've had in the last few weeks are really an indication of how well we've played. I think we've played a lot better than the points show. So um it's a long way till October, so I wouldn't be worrying too much yet. Um, funniest insult. I'm going to absolutely roast my mom for this one. Um, my mom has been sporting rowers for a very long time as well. Um, and although she's lived in Tala for almost 50 years, she's actually from Donnybrook and it's very hard to get the D4 out of her. And <laughs> we were at a match, these must be 10 years ago now. And uh, this is actually at a referee, not a player, but uh, everyone, he booked someone not for a stupid challenge. And everyone was like, you know, fucking referee, oh, no way, that's a card. And my mom just screams out, referee, there's no uniformity in your cards. 
in her absolute poshest voice, you can imagine the look she got. Still after this day, absolutely the most hysterical thing I've ever heard yelled at a football match in my life. Um, uh, oh yeah, Hollywood section. That's not going to be my my best section. Um, the only Oscar nominee I've seen is the Banshees of Inish Aaron, which I would not recommend watching because it's really boring. Um, best movie I've seen in the last year is The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent with Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal. It is so weird and so funny. Um, worst movie my husband's always making me watch Jason Statham and Matt Damon movies so like any of those uh, the Will Smith slap last year was just mental like I just thought the whole thing was mad like to me it was just like there's definitely something else going on there right you don't just get up and smack someone in the face just because they said something about your wife I mean nice sentiment but uh, yeah it was all it was definitely weird stuff going on behind the scenes there I don't know but it was definitely a shock anyway Um. I don't have a celebrity doppelganger. I don't think anyone in my life has ever told me that I looked like anyone famous ever. So, no, I guess I guess I'm just unique or something. <laughs> um, uh, I am amazing at quizzes. I am the reigning quiz champion in my office. Uh, I'd say my academic speciality would probably be something nerdy like English literature. Um, and my pop culture one would definitely be Star Wars. Um, and the biggest prize I have ever won is not very big at all, but I was pretty happy with it, which was two tickets to Bloom a couple of years ago, that flower festival in the Phoenix Park. Hi guys, uh, my name is Laura Glacken. I'm a season ticket holder and I've followed Rovers all my life. I think I was two when I was brought to my first match of Harps Away. Um, we always sit in the same area in the South Sand. Favourite ground in the Premier Division. I've always had an affinity for Tolka. I would have gone to my first home match there. And after being out there for so long, I just have some great memories. Obviously, some not so great, but some great as well. Um, Even doing turnstiles and programmes out there. Half the place was practically falling apart, but I've just always had a soft spot for it. I didn't buy the LOI pass yet this year. I've actually been thinking about it a lot recently. Even having access to the women's matches and being able to go back and rewatch some of ours. Uh, so I think it's well worth it. So it could possibly be my next buy. Uh, I couldn't really say one thing that made me fall in love with Rovers. Like, it's everything. It's all of it. I've grown up with them. They've been a constant in my life for as long as I can remember. Getting to physically be there and experience it all properly. The match day balls, seeing the same people, seeing familiar faces. It is very much a family affair. A family affair. Um, there's just, I don't know, it's just that bond there that you can't really explain. Uh, and now, of course, seeing it move down through generations is just incredible. Every game is an emotional roller coaster. They take years off me, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, my granddad started following them years ago. My uncles all followed suit, and now we have two. So it is very much a family thing. Um, I can't remember not having rovers, and I've never changed that. There's, there's just so many reasons why you can't help but fall in love with them. Uh, oh, God, challenges as a female League of Ireland supporter. There probably would have been a lot more years ago as opposed to now. Um, little things like getting to a ground and there's no women to search us at gates, the confusion and the hassle and male stewards that you arrive and they don't know what to be doing with themselves or if they can let you through, they're meant to be searching everyone and they know they can't search you. So little things like that. Of course, there's the usual grief from people when you say LOI as well. I know lads experience that too, but there's still that stigma around women supporting football at all. And then, of course, you get the whole, would you not support a real team? Um, so, yeah, I think that's just one of those things that's never really going to change. But um, I will admit toilets. No lad, I think, will ever understand the hardship for females on away days. Um, wouldn't change it for the world, of course, but the hoops I see. I think generally if we get past maybe Houston, 
maybe I'm being a bit harsh, but generally I'd say Houston without mention of a stop, then we're doing pretty well. Um, sitting on the driver's side of a bus as well. Always have to sit on the right hand side of the bus. <laughs> Any girl who's been on a bus on an away trip knows the sus, I think. Um, the majority of stadiums don't really, well, I don't think, don't have actual facilities for women. Uh, again, it's a bit better the past two years, but years ago it was horrific. Like you'd have to hope there was a female steward around who you could go to and she'd have to escort you into the home end, which of course isn't always advisable when you're in green and white jerseys. They're not exactly subtle. Um, at least now in some places there is a port as well, but it's always ones that lads use as well. So something small and daft, but definitely something. And um, there's always gender stereotyping. Honestly, I think I've just kind of gotten used to it now. You nearly expect it. Like people just don't take you seriously or they can't understand the why football at all and then why Rovers, but that's just how it is. Um, I can safely say it's not something I've ever experienced at Rovers though. And that's all that matters really. Just one more reason to love them. Uh, I think Rovers have done everything better to welcome women to games more, like, all bias aside. Having a women's clothing range alone is huge, like the last few years. The facilities for women, I think, are just as good, if not maybe nearly better than men's. Um, again, even having so many female stewards makes a difference. Like I said, it's it's all the little things. I don't really think there is too much we could improve on. I'm sure, if I thought more about it, there'd be something. But honestly, I think as a club, Rovers are already leaps and bounds ahead of the majority of other clubs when it comes to stuff like that. I would like to go to the Rovers Women's Games this season. Kept up to date with all the signings and the buzz pre-season. So I'd love to get out to see them in action. Um, over the last two years, we've had some great centre-halves, really. Like, the likes of Scales, of course, and Grace. But I think Aidan Price would have always been a favourite for me. Again, maybe that's going back to Tolka days, but he would have always been a favourite for me. And Lopez now, I just think, is the epitome of what a centre-back should be. I just, in every way, shape and form, I think I think it'd have to be Lopez. Um, actually, only said on Friday, looking at the lads on the bench and warming up at half-time, there's no doubt it's a strong squad, but... It's what we do with it too, as strong as the squad may be. Like a lot of new faces and only a couple of matches in, so we'll just have to see how it goes and how everyone starts to work together. But optimism, always full of optimism. Um, actually, Dad would be quite creative when it comes to shouts, but the funniest wasn't actually aimed at a player. It was an official, one particularly awful match. It was like nothing was going our way. Everyone was so frustrated, and then after one more ridiculous call, Q Hugo shouting, "Did your hair get in your eyes?" to the ball lines, and it was just the last thing I expected, and I couldn't help burst out laughing. Same with everyone around us. It's just stuck since, really. Uh, best picture nominations. I think I've only seen Banshees of Inisherin and Top Gun Maverick. I think they're the only ones I've seen that have been nominated. Uh, I don't know about best films, but that new Knives Out film, Glass Onion, watched that recently. That was pretty good. And A Man Called Otto. Didn't really know what to expect with that one, but I actually enjoyed it. It was different. Um, a shame to say there's been a few scary films we started watching recently and just turned off halfway through. They were that bad. Uh, I couldn't even tell you what they were called, to be honest. The Will Smith slap, that surprised me. I get he was defending his wife, but it just seemed so violent and he could have just said something. It nearly looked like he kind of half laughed at first. If memory serves me right, it could be wrong, but it did just seem a bit much and very dramatic. Um, I was told Angelina Jolie years ago that I resembled her, but I feel like there must have been an awful lot of alcohol involved there. Uh, I've been told they look like Sandra Bullock quite a bit as well. I wish, but I don't see it, but yeah. Um, recently discovered a love for quizzes actually not necessarily any good at them but don't do bad with sports and music not that it come up too often but academically maybe Greek and Roman mythology and architecture 
Um, absolute disaster with betting and lotto and everything. I never win anything. If I'm betting on horses, I generally pick because of the colour the jockeys are wearing. So, of course, normally green and white or hoops uh, or the name, which is probably why I never win. But randomly bet on one a few years ago because of the name. I only put two euro each way or something on it. And I think that won at 50 to 1. So that wasn't too shabby. But anyway, thanks so much for having me back, lads. Delighted to take part and keep on hooping. Yeah, so that was Sarah, Amy and Laura. Three good hoops. Sarah with her, um, her second appearance. Teacher, young teacher and friends with Giggsy and the little crew there as well. Not yeah. into celeb culture at all, which Sarah, I get. Sarah says she's only seen the classics, such as The Notebook. Yeah, the no- I've never seen that one, actually. No comments. No comments. Um, yeah, we had one debutant. We have six callers in total today. That was the first three. Our debutant is Amy. Uh, it was really good at that. Yeah, really, really um, good. Larish was supposed to appear in this girl. I think she lost her voice, was it? She she's was under the weather. She's dying, right? And she she sounds like this. She sounds like and I was like, maybe give it a skip. Don't and she was like, I sound terrible. I was like, Yeah, you do. You do sound terrible. <laughs> because um she she We uh, practiced it and everything. She was well she was getting well into it. She was giving yeah. the refs dogs abuse and all. She gave us a bit of grief last year for not including her in this and she said, and I quote, What am I? A boy. <laughs> so she was not happy not being on the women's hotline last year. We were year. sitting down last night watching yeah. the program and she made this noise, this guttural No and I was just like I, I should be looking after you, but right now I just want to move. <laughs> no, but she's she's getting better. Hopefully, she's dying. It's this little cold snap. Happy International Women's Day, everybody! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gary describing his his wife as some sort of. Could, we get Abby on next, Abby. Creature. Abby would love this because she loves <laughs> she loves listening to us talk about her and slagger. Yeah. Uh, do you notice this? Out of, out of the six, nearly all of them loved quizzes. Mm. Yes. There we go. I do love a quiz, prof. No, they actually all said. I think no, maybe one, Sarah is the quiz master think, in her family. I think one's had no interest, but I think the rest of them were like, "Yeah, I love quizzes." I and don't forget the Glackens, yeah. prof. We didn't talk about the Glackens. Steeped yep. in Rovers, steeped in it. Yeah, that's the second appearance by Laura. Uh, great hoop. I love hearing the stories from people reared on Rovers. You know, like mm-hmm. the weekend is Rovers going to the pub, and that would have been. I think what stuck in most people's minds from that era was there was so many different stadiums, so many different pubs, so many different trips all over the place following Rover. So that's what I think kind of held on to a lot of hoops back then. You know, it was a, it was a really fond memory for them growing up. So probably going to talk about the football. 2-1 to Derry. Friday night and our first home league defeat since May 2021 against Sligo. So pre-match in the Maldrum. Prof, tell me about the food, Prof. Yeah, so... Instead of the 899 bar, we were in the Shannon Suite in the Maldron. And my first thought in the field was, this costs three times raised curry. And you're still hungry. Yeah. And as you said, Gar, but you can go up three times. And I said, I'm not hungry enough to have three dinners. <laughs> it was, uh, it's only it's only temporary. It's only temporary, bro. So, yeah, not impressed with that. The field was actually decent, but... Uh, not, not worth not, not worth 15 not euro not 16 euro decent uh, no um, 
I was there pretty early, yeah. Had uh, Dunster and Orla, so we were all saying Happy New Season and all that. I had the programme sitting in front of me and it was grabbing people's attention. Oh, Just yeah. the cover alone. People were like, ooh, new lick of paint. Oh, yeah. And, very, uh, very cool. Got to mention last week, I called out some contributors, but I didn't I didn't call out all of them. Like, Con Murphy had uh, had pen something in this issue. Ryan McDyer writing about the opposition, as always. Phelan Warren is in it, so... Yeah, that's on top of myself, McDara, Robert, uh, uh, Harry, um, Harry Moore, and uh, David Hanley on the women. So, a yeah, smorgasbord, you could say. Yeah. A plethora. An abundance. Those are adjectives. <laughs> You'd miss the halftime shots all the same, though, wouldn't you? Because like, it was funny, a halftime, especially two and down to Cork, and you're like, I want to talk to someone. I want like... I want to say to somebody, well, how are we, how are we behind this match? But you're just sitting in your stand and you're like, well, I've nowhere to go now. Yeah. yeah. There's no bar. Do you know what I've, what I do like though, when there is no bar, the chat's at the back of the stand. That's, that's the crack. That should be, that should be a program in its own because the characters that are there, if you just kind of watched and they didn't notice you were filming, like you'd have the crack looking at it because the conversations and the opinions and everything the back of the stand that's where it goes now. I used to do that a lot with the east stand and the south stand actually yeah and you come out at half time and uh, yeah there'd be people there so you could have a, so you could do that I suppose um, as for the tickets um, the usual scramble I suppose leading up to yep. leading up to the game and it was it was like South Park wasn't it like someone would have a ticket like Oh, one adult's pair for the set, and Down. it's gone. <laughs> yeah. And it's gone. Always a good thing. Always a good thing. Um, Prof, the ultras display. This has been met with mixed reactions. I thought it was a good idea. Probably the execution could have been. I mean, it looked slightly small, and I thought it was a really cool display. I love the idea of it, but on a small scale. Yeah, yeah. I love the idea. I know what they were trying to do. You know. But yeah. um, now getting a bit of flack online, but listen, you can't please everybody. It's just the way it is, isn't it? I suppose it was that they announced that we would stop the music, and it was sort of it was setting up that it was going to be massive. Yeah, that doesn't go down well. It was putting your expectations in your head, and then it might give off the yeah, it might give off the impression that you're kind of the club are organising mm. it, you know, and you're in cahoots with the club, which is not what the ultras want. They're kind of like their own band <laughs> of brothers, you know, rogues. I like, I like that it was different though. I mean, there's only so many times you can put up pictures of players and Brazzer and Shamrocks and the year the club was founded and all. Like, this was something really, I, I thought really it was a different. Great idea. No, I, yeah. I was expecting like Davy in behind spinning the jackpot thing, <laughs> yeah. waiting, looking for the star. You know, yeah. so I'm spinning that once. Um, for many people, it's their first time seeing the new stand in months since we were last here against Derry in October or was it November. Um, the Darth Vader stand, as Craig Mahan calls it. Just it, the way that the, it, the shape of the sides. deadly looking. And do you know what I yeah. thought as well? Do you know when you look at the bottom of the Darth Vader side bit, there's walls there. Yeah. You know there's going to be people on them. Oh yeah. Well, Absolutely. There well, is well, eventually. Like it's You can sit on the little bars there as well. And God help, as we discussed last week, God help you if it rains. Yes. Um, the perch is now full of random people that we don't know Scarrett what type uh, of people Prof at this point I'd like to announce in the podcast R.I.P. Prof's Perch yeah it's doesn't, gone doesn't exist it is now the Cabbage Patch 
I was gonna say it, but uh, yes, it's gone. It's probably it's gone. We had a good, we had a good run. I miss. It might sound crazy, but I, I sometimes miss the old 2019 days. Do you remember? I remember hammering UCD seven 0 and Jack Byrne ran the show. We hadn't even won the cup yet. Yeah. So it was it was that pressure was on to win a trophy. It was ours. It was our it was but, our spot, wasn't it? But we went into the sales stand and we knew we'd get the perch. The crowds were okay, like probably three four thousand. I'm over to the yeah. right slightly now. Um, I'm not. It's, it's, listen, it's, it's it is what it is, Bob. Same for me in the main stand. I got pushed down. I wasn't behind. Uh, Tommy and Brian this time I didn't get their commentary it's like because the um, reserves there's now a double reserves section so I'm kind of to the right of that um, yeah no it's like um, you know when the fucking like all the the hoodlums are moved out of the neighbourhood and they're pushed to the side streets we've been pushed out by progress yeah. we're actually complaining about seven and a half thousand yeah, yeah, yeah. because we don't get our, our, our seats that we got years ago Um, yeah Big Al was captain so, how many captains is that this season so far? Three, oh, it's three lot, isn't it? It's been a lot. With Finner still to come back, so yeah. it'll be four. So, something different anyway. But Philly's promo, Philly Scorsese, prof. Absolutely unbelievable stuff coming out of Philly. And a good young filmmaker, Rovers fanatic member, season ticket holder. I was epic, Putting wasn't all it? his effort into doing what he loves and doing it for the club of his own dime as well. So, top, top fella, Philly Maguire. Sure media. Once again, give him a big shout out, boys. Follow him on Twitter. Not a new signing. No, not a scarf, not a new <laughs> jersey, nothing. We duped everybody, but um, yeah, so such an anticipated Brad's lineup. He went Gary O'Neill, Gannon, and Cavo, and Kenny up top again. Um, we nailed it, Prof. We nailed it on our predictions. Yeah, well, we we figured Hor would just not quite be ready enough. Although he came off in this game and he came off the bench in Cork as well, did well, got a goal. Um, but he went with Cabo, and of course the second goal, Cabo, you can see the the match fitness uh, lets him down, and uh, McGonagall gets away in him. But um, yeah, that's probably the best three we could go with at the time. Yeah, there was no other options really. Maybe Gannon, or Gannon was there. Sorry, maybe who else was being touted as going in there? Poom, I think someone said with a left foot. Uh, because we're left footed as well so um, young Josh and Ronan Finn raised the champions flag as well so um, great stuff from them but Prof will start the game and a good start from Rovers yeah it made a very very bright start um, could have had one I think we had a couple of shots was a poom or something mm. early on and both of their goals came against the run of play, isn't it? The first yeah, one, we were, we were caught up very, very high up, and not I, the first time this has happened either, where we're caught on the counter from our own corner. But I think Watts, Watts was kind of left wanting here for this goal. It, it was like he went to kind of make the clearance and then stopped and thought I'll catch him, and then it just wasn't happening. Trevor Clark, um, I, they were very, very weary of fouling them as well because it would have been mm. a straight red. So yeah, Clark nearly caught him. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But a great finish from Ben Doherty. Uh, 1-0, 18 yeah. minutes, prof. Unfortunately. Um, we moved on then with Kenny coming at 26 minutes. What do you think of the general play? Uh, I thought it was good up to this point, but just especially from the equaliser onwards, I thought we were absolutely brilliant. Um, one of the best halves under Brazzer? Yeah, I saw that. Possibly one of the best halves under Brazzer. Definitely in a long, long time. Because, you know, often over the years we've only used one flank at a time. 
in the old days it'd be Simon Madden <laughs> or maybe last year it'd be Ran that poor fucker ragged maybe last year it'd be Neil Frugier or the year before it'd be Scales I can't remember a performance at home where it was just like left right left right Clark Frugier they were both rampant now I know, I know a lot of people are saying uh, Frugier's end product wasn't there uh, but twice he did nearly set up a goal he nearly set up Berkey uh, just inside the box and then there was another one where he teed up Berkey who teed up Jack and then Jack uh, kicked the air he mistimed the shot uh, so that would have been an end product Clark I thought was brilliant I love Clark I think half. Clark has been great yeah. for the first couple of weeks a lot of people have been giving him uh, flack I, I think he's been mm. good um, a big pitch in mm. particular in Tala he does well on it yeah, but just especially from the Eagles, just wave after wave of attack, and we could have scored three or four. But the goal itself, yeah, um, Gary O'Neill's failed. In the, Gary O'Neill, first of all, does really well to intercept a Diallo pass, and he gets fouled, but ref but plays the ball. But you can see just that drive yeah. that Gary O'Neill has. I love when he I drives that, that. Yeah. yeah. Ref plays advantage. Lovely weighted ball by Poom. Beautiful weighted ball. Side foot, forced time. Straight onto his foot. Thought yeah. he took too much of a touch with Kenny. Possibly mm-hmm. took it off him, but buried. Great finish. Yeah, I saw people saying that Mar was poor for a but powerful shot. Powerful shot. Didn't expect it. Loads of pace. Yeah. Good finish. Good finish. Don't take um, it away, man. Johnny nearly scored it a second actually. Soon after the ball was just kind of nicked off the line in the last second. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, so like I said, game could have been out of sight at half time. We were playing that well. Yeah. So going into the half time, I'd say everybody is buzzing. Everybody's buzzing for a good four-star performance, thinking, let's go out here and let's finish off the job. Yep, and but then Derry scored again. And then Derry scored again, 54 minutes from a... It, like, watching back on it, man, like, McGonagall far too much time on the, ed- on the edge of the box here. Far mm. too much time from a, cu- from a cutback. It's a very good, good finish, very and good it was finish. telegraphed, wasn't it? Right mm. to left, great finish, but it was too easy. It was far too easy. Yeah. So we need to tighten up, Prof. We need to tighten up big time. And in the second half... Um, <laughs> Fuck all else. I, else really. I'll be honest, I, I never saw us equalising. Now, oddly, when we were far too down to Cork, you'll, you'll talk about it later, you felt we were going to come back. I was the same. I was like, I don't know why, but I think we're going to come back in this game and get yeah. at least a point. Whereas when we were 2-1 down to Derry... There was some half chances. There was it was a very stop start as well. Like there was, there you were employing the dark arts here. Like there was flares thrown on, delayed, wasted time. A couple of their players went down injured, wasted time, broke up our momentum. Whatever little we had, last fifteen minutes, yeah, we were we were decent. Uh, there was a chance near the end. Was it involved? Was it Jack Byrne involved? Where it was just sort of hooks, sort of a goal line clearance near the end. Yeah, Yeah. And they're, they're looking ominous though they really are they're looking they, good they were missing players as well mm. and they weren't great were they they just sort of they were clinical they took their chances we need them to start we need, we need them to start kind of hiccuping soon enough like they've got they've got a really good squad let's be honest it's up there with the best squad mm. I've ever seen at Derry City so like Big Al didn't have much to do other than pick the ball out of the net twice yeah yeah true but it's a long um, season I think all the panic merchants need to kind of chill as well mm. I mean, we had a big attendance, good enough performance against our, our rivals and ultimately a, a team patched together with Celotape with a lot of people doing a job for us where they shouldn't. 
I wouldn't read too much into it. I think if you know your football, you know that it's it's early enough. Or Ozzy Nate would tell us that mm. every game counts just as much as the other. Which there is a valid point in saying that. But I think it's early uh, days. We haven't got going yet. They have ultimately, but we are notoriously starts slow starters, prof. I think they won't slip up too much now. Um, obviously, last year they had that absolute collapse, which let us back into it really. Uh, this year, I don't. I don't see them dropping loads of points this Neither time. Neither do I. I think they've so, got a squad similar to ours, as in the they can rotate and they can have quality mm. coming in. Like, where is this Jordan McInev coming from, scoring mm. out of nowhere? He couldn't top, get a game at Shelbourne. Top goal scorer in the league now. Yeah. So even though like it's four games in and we're not panic merchants by any means, um, it's just, even after four games, I think Derry are establishing the fact that they are not going to drop many points. Yeah. Um, but like leaving this game nobody like you said it was our first home league defeat in almost two years but nobody was disheartened because of how well we played Yeah. especially first half so you're thinking well no I'm not worried we lost but not too worried I'm confident in the team and obviously Monday, Monday comes and you look at those four goals and you're like right now <laughs> I am quite concerned Um, love this quote from Ray Whedon Said it made a mind took a non-believer to Tata on Friday. Couldn't believe the quality on show. Was expecting a creak in his neck watching the ball, but he loved the whole thing. The surroundings, quality of football, the whole vibe. He's buying two season tickets tomorrow. Excellent, excellent stuff. That's is ultimately the reason why you'd want anyone else coming to the games at all, just to kind of experience it and without bias. Like obviously Ray be biased towards his his mate, but I'd say he just mm. sat there and goes right, let him let him enjoy it, take it in, see what happens, and now he's. He's going to be coming back. It was a high quality game though. Yeah. Just even watch as a neutral. You see that stat that the number of passes was above the English Championship average. Ah, oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. 850 Two teams just trying to play something. the right way, you know. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of weird for me because that was my first time. But first of all, it was my first time being in the stadium for a Rovers defeat in Tata since Flora because I had COVID from Malda. So oh, our only yeah. defeat last year, I wasn't at it. So it was my first time seeing Roberts lose home. And post Flora, there was no post match interview with Brazzer. So that was my first time asking Brazzer, and I don't do away matches, media. Yeah. So that was my first time interviewing Brazzer in person about a loss since May twenty twenty one. Stats on yourself. On myself. Stats on yourself. So it was. It felt quite strange. Yeah. Um. So that put Derry removed in the 8 to 11 favourites now for the league. Oh, fuck's sake, uh, As if that matters at this stage. No. And it left us languishing in ninth place in the ninth league. Place. Eight points behind it now. Oh, well, we won't talk about it yet. We um, had to unfollow a couple of people on Twitter, Garrett. Yeah. Uh, some absolute melts following this club. Like, we don't mind people being opinionated. And, I mean, but, but to hammer Bradzer and say. He's no plan B, and to say that he's got no idea what he's doing when we're down, we've we've had so many good opportunities to come back from behind with the shells game last year. Um, we've plenty of times done dark three two. Like we've we've come from two goals down. We've come from plenty of defeats, looking mm. defeat in the face, and we've done well. Like if you're gonna deal with Bradzer now, what's the like? Why why are you even bothering with the club? Like I mean, we have played so well over the past couple of years. For anyone to turn around and say that he has no plan B, which he does, 
Pats mm. away when we, we weren't playing well at all. We won 2 1. Watts played in the 10. We 2 up front. 1 2 1. Bowls against uh, in the cup semi in the in Daily Mount. Total, totally ripped mm. up the playbook there and did something different. I think that um, it's harsh on Brad's. I think people just need to relax, man. I read one tweet after Cork. I think Cork. it's and just fucking killing the couch. <laughs> I read one tweet after the Cork game that we're clueless in the final third. After we'd scored four goals. No. Clueless. Um, did you see the Marcus Poom compilation from this game? It was about a minute long. Just all Marcus receiving the ball, playing it off. A lot of kind of six-yard passes, but there was a couple of couple of buttes. I thought, yeah, I thought he was classy at times. There was a couple of classy passes. Some a lot simple, of them were six yards. Some like, simple stuff involved, absolutely. But some, yeah. He's got an eye for a pass. Like That's the only thing. Which is yeah. lead to my starting 11 of predictions in a while. But, but um, you can see now why, Garrett, I didn't want to read out the, all the unbeaten home stats from last week. You can do it now though, aren't you? Um, yeah, well, I have, I have a double stats section. I have this one and then I have... Right, Prof. No, so our Derry's first win at Hellas since 2017. Hit us with the stats. Come on. Yeah, so this is just some post-dairy ones. Um, so Anaman is still waiting for the Robbers goalkeeping clean sheet record. He's on 119. Baz is on 119. Baz, who I'm interviewing the programme next week, Snapchat. Al O'Neill, 120. So that elusive clean sheet for Al. Oh, it's happening, don't worry. So yeah, in the three in a row, 45 home league games, one defeat. I remember that from from Joe's. That was right. that was great. Uh, um, so the run comes to an end on twenty nine. We've been twenty nine home league games unbeaten. Uh, the best in the, the best in the 80s was twenty four. So that was our best run since nineteen sixty six. One run that is continuing though is consecutive home league games scored in, because we scored against Derry and Cork. So now it's up to thirty one. In a row, our best since 1958. Ooh. And, yeah. And this one, I was going to say, I'd never said this stat in the podcast. And this was like, this was something, this was a, a thing that was going on for five years. And I was going to say it last week. And then, this game ended. And I never got to say it before it ended. And that was, Rowers hadn't scored in a home game. In any competition, and lost since Dundalk five two in twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. So if you think back to uh, our nine defeats since that game, you have Dundalk in the Leinster Senior Cup, AIK Europe, Bowes twice, Dundalk, AC Milan, Sligo, Flora Talon, Molde. In all of those home defeats, we drew a blank. But every time we score, we always avoided defeat. And it wasn't until Friday when that you, run ended. When you see these teams, yeah. when, when these just start clicking in your mind, I'd say you're just like, oh. I know, and I was kind of like, I wanted to say it last week, and I just couldn't believe that, that record ended uh, on Friday. Obviously, the, the main one was the unbeaten run. So yeah, more after Cork. Obviously, some mad ones happened in Cork, so yeah, more on that later. Me, yep. Um, yeah, so Prof, we're going to move on to an eight goal thriller and tell a 4 4 against Cork. Um, I, I didn't get the cold, I didn't think it was that fucking cold, man. I was the same sitting in the the main stand. I was reading all the texts and was like, oh, it's bitter. It's like, oh, geez. I was like, what? It's 
Baltic. And I was like, I'm grand. But then actually I went down pitch sides to do media. I was like, hang on. My toes are gone. Yeah, I was actually yeah, frozen. Yeah, yeah. For some reason I felt them more than after post-match. Uh, was called up, but I feel like I've had... Like UCD at home last year on the first day. That was that was like hypothermia stuff. That was cold. So the team, Gar? Yes, Prof. Ooh. So we had um, four changes. Lee and Dan came back in with three Sean's on the bench. Uh, Nugent, right wing back. Kenny and Gavney started to get our big uh, skip again with Con and Gartz on comms. Um, I'll be honest, I think Nugent at right wing back was, was a poor decision. Just from the fans perspective I, I just I just don't think he got going and it was ultimately I like the way Bradzer can correct himself and he mm-hmm. took him off at half time like he's he'll call a spade a spade and he'll say okay it's not working and he, he hauled him off I thought he did some encouraging things first half I just but, don't think um, he's that type of player to fit into our system at that at right wing back mm. do you know what I mean well, there's a few things that had people scratching their heads. Uh, playing a centre midfield at right wing back, and then there's Liam Burt, who's been an unused sub the last two weeks. Mm. Could be an injury issue there that we don't know about. Um, Gary O'Neill, we're all thinking, Pigo back, put Gary O'Neill back in front of the of our back three. Yeah, we're assuming that's going to happen in Talga. Um, and just on the build up in general. Uh, or oh, by the way, Kenny and Gaffney together. First time this season. Do you think these two could... Do you think he'll start them together a lot? It depends. Like, I think... Like, we spoke about Kenny before and his runs in behind are his his big strength. Holding the ball up isn't... So you have a big man being able to hold it up because Gaffney's just superb at that. I'm possibly bringing Kenny into it a little bit more. But what I've noticed about Kenny is when he takes one touch and the first touch takes it away from the defender and gives him any sort of space, he looks very, very, very fucking lethal. Looks sharp. Mm. Looks like if he can get shot off and goal, he's a good finisher. That's his strength. Being able to, the force touch mm. taking it away and giving him some space. Whereas and holding then, up the ball is not It's not strength. exactly his, no. his strong point, yeah. But no, no, I, I'm liking what I've seen from Kenny so far. Um, just in the build-up, um, we're getting team sheets an hour before kick-off this season. Yeah. This is uh, very new. I like that. Um, so yeah a, a kind of a wet cold Monday night a bit of drizzle um, like we said earlier bit of drizzle all set up to be a boring routine win yep uh, not the case I predicted a tonking but no we'll start off 1-0 with Gaffney 14 minutes and did extremely well I think he took 4 touches in the box is what Garth said and um, it happened just it was Barely a the bit of pinball, wasn't it? Yeah. Just three attempts on goal. Absolutely two, two rallied it into the goal and thinking, lovely, here um, we are, we're doing well now. Yeah, I love how you rifled that in. I love his his goal scoring instincts. Um so yeah, so we're one 0 up. Yep. We're, we're thinking we're gonna be cruising. And then Keaton, who has been brilliant every time I see him, he's good on the telly against balls, he's good in the highlights, and uh, a lovely, lovely first time finish. Defender was poor, let's be honest. We were skint out wide, a great pullback, and a little... What are we calling it? It was a, it was a dinked finish, but it wasn't a dink. It was a mm. chip. It wasn't a chip either. We're going to have to get... But this is a, this is always this a... Is controversial now. I'm afraid to say anything. It, co- it comes out of my pace, but he kind of s- chips it over the keeper with pace. 
it's it's a great mm. finish. A, a bit great, of spin on it as well. It spun back yeah. as well. You know, there's a bit of backspin on it. Great assist before the assist by Aaron Bolger. Yeah. Lovely yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah. Playing well, um, playing well. We could have gone 2-0 before that, actually. Dylan Watts curled the free kick onto the crossbar. Yep. So we've hit, the bar count has to come as well. Whenever we hit the bar, we'll just give a ding. We could have been 2 or 3 up before this equaliser, but here yeah. we found ourselves on level terms. Yeah. And then comes the 40-year lob. Yeah, so 38 minutes, you have, it was the ball broke... Manus did well to come off his line and I was thinking right, he's going to just sky this get rid of it back in restart but it, he just shanked it he shouldn't have come off his line by the way if you watch it back Cleary is in control of this I think yeah is there lack of communication there that's the thing Yeah. but he shanks it but it's he couldn't have passed it like it's one touch into Crowley and I'm thinking right we're alright here he's no way he's going to do it I think I thought I think I was like he's gonna shoot, but it's gonna go over. He set himself for the for the first touch when he set himself. I'm thinking, right, <laughs> he set himself here. He's doing well. It's a good touch. He's put himself in the good position. And I looked at Manus. I was like, Manus is he's on the edge of the yeah, box. Yeah, I'm like, second he struck it, I goes that is in. The second he that left his foot, the flight was perfect. The technique was brilliant. And I was just thinking, when has this ever happened in talent? It's got to be the longest range strike in Tala. Mental. Mental. And it's horrible being on the... We haven't been on the end of one of these in a while. Maybe Flores. Mm. Or any crackers like that. So, um, Yeah, you know you know, it's one of those when like, somebody in work who knows nothing about football. And he opens Reddit. And was like, did you see this goal in the Irish football? I was like, yes, yeah, I yeah, saw yeah. it. What are you doing on Reddit in the first place, mate? Um, but, yeah, uh, so... But yeah, spectacular finish. But... You're thinking, how in the hell are we losing this game? And it wasn't um, an action-packed, all-out first half. It was relatively like, you know, we, we did well, we contained. We, we should have had mm. more goals, but <laughs> half-time, prop. Trevor, by the way, had a chance just on the stroke at half-time. He was true on goal, but drilled it wide. It, like, so. I don't know why he tried to do what he did in front of goal like that. Maybe because in Sligo he trying to he tried to curl it into the top corner, but this one he kind of put his laces through or hit it with like at the, t- it's, it's the top of his foot, and it, you need to hit the target with him. You really do. So halftime sub Neil Friuger for Darren Nugent. We called it. In fairness, we did call it. I said there could have been more, but we had Friuger coming on, and um, he did make an instant impact. A lot of people giving out about his end product, but I think the positions that he does get into. You spoke about this. Mm are really, really dangerous. He brings us up the pitch. He brings us up the pitch, exactly. And ultimately, I think he's not there to swing balls in. I think he's there to cut balls back. And that's how we play. Uh, listen, some of his decisions do frustrate us, absolutely. Yeah. Like, sometimes I'm like, okay, now's the time to shoot, and then he doesn't. And sometimes I'm like, now's the time to drill across, and then he, he doesn't. So he frustrates me at times. I like that he had a few shots in this game, because I yeah. feel like... He actually I doesn't like, shoot that much. I feel like I can't record a single shot he's taken this season until Monday. Great show. Two of us are sitting here fucking bewildered actually thinking about and it. And he hit a great shot. I remember um, it was a good save, wasn't it? I think that was in the second half. Should probably just tell him to be greedy from now on. So yeah. But yeah, more, so more shots Postman Jack steps up. Big Daddy Gary show from him. Uh, he should be working up with Jews in the post. He always delivers. <laughs> uh, this was an outrageous delivery. Now we'll talk about Jack in a while, but um, all four goals were came from set pieces practice, didn't it? Was, yeah, was pretty it three, much three corner or two corners and a free and kick. We, it's actually been a while since we scored from a set piece. We were only saying about that, but Grace 
on 53. Superb classic Grace header. A glancing header. He's brilliant at glancing headers. Yeah. Limassol, similar. I think he scored at home against Limassol. He was a glancer as well. He's good at going away from the ball and getting power on it and going back across the goal. It was like a back header. Yeah. Brilliant. Great header. Two all. Lovely. Thought to myself. Here we go. Onslaught coming. We're going to tonk them. It's going to be 6-2. Would you please stop predicting tonkings? Um... 3-2 um, this was this was the, the shambolic defending wasn't it and then it all goes wrong it just we just <coughs> couldn't clear the fucking thing just just put it into row fucking B or row X or whatever I'm not sure which goal is for which is worse I think the third goal is the absolute worst yeah the, the fourth one is like they get a lucky break they got like a, this. it reminded me of the Man United game at, at times against Liverpool the way it was just balls hitting off knees, getting a lucky break mm. here and there. Cork, where some of the goals, some of the defending was just shambolic, though. It's yeah, just so bad. I'm trying to think because it was quite similar in Drotted as well, where balls are hitting off knees and they're getting lucky breaks. Is it lucky mm. breaks or is it bad defending? I think the fourth one is a bit of luck. Well, it's combined with bad defending. Yeah. But the third one is just like. How many chances do we have to clear the ball? I know, it doesn't it's happen. very, very frustrating. It's very frustrating. But at 4-2, I was thinking to myself, okay, Jack. Here comes Jack. Jack came and when we got the third on, I think it was 84, it just changed things. Like Jack had already been mm-hmm. really, really, really dangerous. Every ball he put in. We'd actually hit the bar before 4-2. Um, so yeah, we were, we were looking save. good. Jimmy Corcoran and goal. My God. The save from, from Grace, point blank one. Yeah. Outrageous. He'd one cleared off the line straight after that. Mm. It was just piling on the pressure. The, it was brilliant. The power one was a bit of a camera save. <sighs> yeah, the power shot from the... No, it actually wasn't that much because I watched it back again and he had to make it. He definitely had to make it. That was Jimmy Corcoran who was part of the mm. Irish underage setup for that controversial penalty shootout. Oh, was that him? That was him. I didn't a, a, that. a mead man or a dub as I said. So like we said, a four to Keen Coleman as well for Cor for Cork. Give him a shout out. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Big string of piss. He was unbelievable. He was fucking yeah. brilliant for them. Keating was impressive. Keating was brilliant. They had some really good performances on the night. They've but got, it, got some good young players. But yeah, far to down, like we said earlier, we're thinking, like, what is going on? A fella and his two kids beside me left at four two. He said, The kids have school in the morning. And I was like, pal <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> you missed something here. Um but yeah, Jack Byrne, the last 20 minutes or plus whatever added time, 13 minutes added time. Yeah. He was unbelievable. He was just <laughs> He was so good. It was give the ball to Jack and just watch him curve in beautiful goddess balls after goddess balls. Like it was just perfect heavenly things just floated in mm. and just praying and asking to be attacked. So we had the power so, goal. Yeah, power pokes at home for fourth. Lee three, Grace yeah. assists. Just a lovely little weighted downward header. And he just perfect finish. Bump in. Grab the ball. Let's go. Um, unfortunately then, a bit of a head clash. Was Aaron getting a red card? That's what I... I was watching the thing back. And the referee is running straight towards Aaron. Yeah. And I'm like, what's he going to give him a red card there? Do you know what as well? Do you remember when he first burst onto the scene? I think he was 17 and he was man the match against Cork. And then he came on, he's man the match against Rose. Yeah, good yeah. point. 
And he was sent. Actually, he was sent off in the League Cup final, wasn't he? Yeah. In Dundalk against Dundalk. So a hardy little player. We've so, always a lot of time from, but an absolute smack. Who, nasty. Who did he, he, he clash with? Trevor Clark. Trevor Clark. Um. So yeah, obviously play stops. Uh, shout out to Dan Cleary. Actually, acted very quickly, turned them over. Um. So obviously all the paramedics come on. Brasler had to shout up to Alan Byrne, the doctor, to come down. Yeah. So the doctor comes down. Uh, this obviously takes a long time for him to be stretched off. Uh, thankfully, we hear later that he's he's okay. He needs to do dental surgery, but yeah. he was discharged from hospital on the Tuesday. Um, obviously, Brasler was concerned himself. He knows Aaron. He knows Aaron and his family very well. Uh, he said he was speaking to his dad afterwards. So. That was good that he, he was okay. Um, just on that note about was he going to send Aaron off? Gianluca Vialli, who passed away recently. Well, I'm going to say if he was going to send him off and he got injured, he should have still sent him off. That was... That's kind of relates to what I'm talking about here, right? Should have still got the red. So, <laughs> Gianluca Vialli once... I remember this vividly in the Chelsea match. He once, he once kicked out of someone uh, clear red card but injured himself in the process kicking so injured himself kicking someone by attacking someone and then he had to be stretched off and as he was being stretched off the ref showed him the red card yeah, he just yeah. waited for it waited for yeah no but, it was uh, it, but it, maybe it, the ref thought he just couldn't do it in this situation yeah. I don't know but um, so then from that free kick which was a good 40 yards out from goal we nearly scored from it immediately and um, we have one or two more chances there and then I think we had the power save that we they spoke about. They sat deep though. They mm. sat so deep, just tucked in and thought, right, we're going to clear everything here. It just, we won every header nearly in there. We were doing really, really well with every second ball. It was yeah. brilliant to see. We genuinely looked like scoring every time. We were so aggressive and it was just way Nearly 20 wave. corners, Prof. 33 shots. The stats on, on, this, goal, on this game, it's like <laughs> 13 to 9 on target. You don't mental. S- that doesn't happen in football. It was honestly but, one of the most entertaining nights I've ever had in Tallis Stadium. It was insane. Do you know what that at at four three, and then the equaliser that is up there with some of the best atmospheres in Tallis because absolutely the crowd had been kind of quiet and sort of stunned, and then suddenly like all three stands were just on their feet, and third goal went in. It was like here we go. Yeah. It well, was here we go we're going to suck the ball in and uh, 97 minutes so the game wasn't still had a good 5 minutes left but the ball was just arced in off I think it was a bit of a, a bit of pinball wasn't it and then it just the second that popped up for her I thought it's going top corner a lovely lovely weighted finish from the head of hmm. Sean Hoare kind of a looping header brilliant grabbing the ball trying to get another one but Jack was just so influential in this Gaffney was brilliant a fantastic game of football and a brilliant performance by Gaffney I thought Gaffney was class yeah I thought we missed Gaffney's magic in the first uh, few games because he, he was you know Kenny started two of them didn't he and Gaffney was a sub and uh, he's obviously opened his account so was power um, but yeah just an absolute mental game of football 103 minutes on the clock in the end mad Madness, so uh, enjoyable, so enjoyable, and I like we should have nicked it. Trevor Clark at the end, we had three chances. Hit the target, man, to win it. <sighs> Imagine we had won that game five four. <laughs> that would have topped Shelburne. It actually would have topped it. 
Oh man, what a game of ball. Brilliant. And afterwards, it's just like, I just felt like I needed to lie down. I was knackered. <sighs> knackered. Brilliant stuff though. Um, stats yeah, prof, you've so, got stats for us. Yeah, I have stats. Uh, just before that, quote from Rob Duvell. He said, we were shy in 2005, so we used to sing, the Aircom League is upside down. So that's Rob, in, as a kid in 2005. Which you could do now, yeah, since we're still we nice. probably could, yeah. It's, it's just, a, we're just having a little rest. Having, having a little rest. Yeah, um, yeah so, order, so right, yeah, go ahead with stats, Bob. Here's with stats. The stats. Uh, well, actually, again, for the stats. So I'm in the tunnel, waiting to interview a browser. Um, we're expecting them to be in the dressing room a little longer than usual because of the game that it was and because of how bad the defending was. And they were in there a bit longer, right? And I'm standing there with uh, with Graham and I have Con Murphy and I have Tony O'Donoghue. Prof, and we're just casually dropping the names. Well, I, I, I mentioned Tony for a reason here. And then Con Murphy, out of nowhere, goes... Prof, I had a dream about you last night. Oh my god! And already I'm like, what? Where is this going? And as Graham says, it was just like the dream mightn't sound. There wasn't much to it in the end, <laughs> but like we, he was driving and I was in the back seat. <laughs> he came, he came at a bend too fast, and the car crashed, and. I can't even remember what else happened, but he, then there was some something about so the car crashes and then Con's look in the back seat and then, and then there was something like ants or snakes on your prof. <laughs> I can imagine him saying it. But the way he told it was so suspenseful. I just looked at Graham. He looked at me. We're both like on the edge of our seat, right? <laughs> I'm getting so, it. So just imagine this, right? Antonio Donahue is there, holding his microphone and his notes, right? Absolute no. Engrossed. Absolute no expression. Just kind of looking back at me and looking con. Tony O'Donoghue did not give a fuck about this dream. <laughs> <laughs> and me and Graham were riveted. He's just thinking, where's our man with the curry? <laughs> uh, I actually, funny enough, I had one about one of our Tifty's bogeys and I texted him, I won't say who it was, but it was random, right? So he was making he was making me breakfast in bed, right? No, dinner I think it was. Dinner. But those three plates, all rashers and sausages, right? But stacked on each other. So a triple decker box is the way I could describe it. Not only a patchy pizza, triple decker box, but three <laughs> plates, rashers and sausages, all on top of each other. For some reason. Squished down, right? So eat them. We're in Liberia. Right? So we go outside and everyone, animals, donkeys, people, all have the face of George Way. <laughs> Everything. A donkey walked by with the face oh. of George Way. Every woman, man, child. All them George Way. And that was it. That was it. But the tri- the triple decker rashers and sausages thing. <laughs> what is what is going on? It's mental, isn't it? I have a theory that if you dream about a celebrity, then you'll more likely remember the dream then. Because it's so odd, it sticks in your mind. Yeah, George Weah was the big one for And me then, then you remember other details about the dream. George Weah the donkey. Yeah. So, Stan, yeah. any more stats? There's a mathematician, a different kind of mathematician, and a statistician. Stats out! 
that's yeah. So at three all, or well, actually, there never was a three all, but at three two down, I was thinking, oh, when was our last three all? And it was Sporting Fingo. Straight away, I was thinking that. 2010. Yeah, you text me, yeah. But Cars' game is so mental that that doesn't even happen. We bypass the 3 all and go straight to 4 all. Yeah. So, here we go, Gar. That is our highest scoring game under Stephen Bradley. So, only twice since 2009. Here I am at my Sky Sports since Tala stats. There has there been an 8-goal thriller. And both were against Drogheda. 7-1 in the Satanda Cup uh, 2013 final. And also Drogheda would beat them 5-3 in Tada mm-hmm. on the last day of the 2015 season under Pat Fennan. Um So conceding four goals. Obviously we conceded four to Ferenc Farris last year. And it was four in the Cup final as well to Dundalk couple of years ago but in the league hadn't done it since Dundalk 5-2 in 2018 and it was our first 4-all draw since Sligo away in April 1964 fucking hell man because I met Anton Matthews on the way out and he was like when's the last 4-all because he's been gone since what Mm. 80s at least ah, yeah. he's been on the picket alright he, he, and... he couldn't think of it for all so I had a feeling it was going to be 50s or 60s uh, last one at home since Limerick in Milltown in 1944 first time we conceded four goals but didn't lose since the 1997 St. Valentine's Day Massacre Ooh. Shelburne 6-4 wow Prof. Talca Park First time that we scored four, but didn't win the game. Can you guess this one? Scored four, didn't win the game. <clears throat> yep. Hit me. Sandry, 2001. Sandry. Oh, I, I, I literally just thought about it there. I literally just thought about it. I should have guessed it. You were too Terrible. slow. Terrible. Uh, this one comes from McDerrett. This is our worst start to a league season since 2005. That is the last time we didn't win either four or first five games. Fuck's sake. In 2010, we didn't win our first three. We drew away to Sligo, lost to home to Dundalk and Pats, then won away to Galway. Um, I think it might have been Pat Sullivan got the winner, actually, Fuck. in 2010. We had no strikers. Uh, I think we were playing Don Cowan at one stage because everyone was injured. Um, so yeah it's our worst there since 2005 Thanks, uh, terrible note to end on but uh, that's just the way I ordered it so uh, <laughs> there you go thanks prof kids crying kids crying uh, other results prof Cork 4 UCD nil. draw to 1 Sligo nil. Dundalk Duncan Pats 5 nil, and Shells 1 Bowes nil. Um and on the Monday Bowes 3 good start in Bowes that's ultimately I mean talking about attendances and stuff like that I mean they're, they've had a great start so obviously they're going to sell out um, Daily Mount with the increased <coughs> capacity 3 1, Dundalk 2, Shells 1, Sligo 2, 10 men, Sligo 2, Pats 1, Prof. Some shocking refereeing decisions in that, but I have Tim Clancy for the sack race this year. Haven't made me fancy football. He's, he's been butchering his players he's, in post match. That's something you don't do. For the five goals, he called out all the goals and he called out a name for every goal. This person mm. should have done that. That person should have done this. And then he dropped a load of them next week. I don't know if that's going to work. If the team buy into it 
and they say, okay, collectively, we were bad lads, we'll buy together, we'll get behind the gaffer, we'll stand behind his decision to drop us, that's all right. Other than that, it could fucking be like a splinter cell and they could all go haywire and they could all just separate in their own ways into little clicks and then you fucking lose the dressing room, which seems to be the case at the moment, but it's early days, you don't know what's going on. I mean, Derry Tonkin UCD as well, which is horrendous stuff on the UC- on the highlights keeper was shocking and I, I was hoping UCD would do us a favour, so it <coughs> didn't happen. Just on the shells, one balls nil. Oh, sorry. Uh, um, just how are you doing the fancy or the last last one standing? So anyway, Shelburne beat balls one nil. Uh, another clean sheet for Conan Cairns, and he beat balls again. Cairnsy beating balls. Big shout out to the main man, Cairnsy. Um, I picked very very shrewd pick by myself, going with Bray yeah. and going with Cork. But did you pick? Uh, looking forward to the next last man standing, which, <laughs> which the way things are going, will probably prob- on his sword here, which will probably kick off in mid-April yeah. because most people have been knocked ill. I, I, I voluntarily knocked myself ill. You actually did. You said, yeah. "Lads, I'm just going for it here. <laughs> I'm, I don't care. I know who I'm going for anyway. I won't say it yet, but I definitely know Tommy Tommy would be happy." Um, um, I was just looking looking at the yellow card count in the league. Tyreek Wilson off shells. Already has four yellow cards. Four, four games, four, four yellows. from four. One more and he's on. I actually met him outside the pub on the Friday night. Actually, nice enough fella chatting away because he was in the DMC with us. Um, yeah. So a comment: Shells going mad about Bowles buying tickets for the stand. Galway's opposition analyst caught film in Waterford's training session. What a league we have! Um, Galway won, didn't they? Yeah. Galway won so it did the trick was, yeah. it, was it Ollie well, I had to have been Ollie he goes <laughs> everywhere um, Andrew Belter for Lincoln first time shot mouse outside the box boom straight improv he's doing well but I mean we're hearing you know what you know what Twitter's like you're, you're reading things bad egg and stuff like that so I wouldn't read too much into it that Andrew's doing well um, Anya O'Gorman struck a dramatic 93rd minute winner at the showgrounds as Shamrock Rovers women got their return to the League of Ireland off to a winning start against Batland Slugger Rovers. Competing in their first women's Premier Division game in nine years since their return to the top of the table, O'Gorman's late goal in front of a crowd of over 750 saw Rovers cross the line when she headed home Leah O'Leary's cross at the back post. So all, although their first appearance in senior football since 2014, the Talisoid are expected to be one of the main rivals for Shelbourne's crown following a winter which saw them handpick a number of household Irish names. From the league rivals. Irish internationals O'Gorman, Stephanie Zambert, Alana McAvoy and Abby Larkin have all been added to a strong hoop squad, each making their debuts in the Northwest Prof. So yeah, a 93rd minute winner for the women. Saints. In, in Sligo. The locals were sick. Sick. You love to see it. Tears all over Jinx Avenue. The um, locals in Sligo cursing the Shamets. Cursing the Shamets. <laughs> Oh god! And uh, you asked me this one. You wanted to know, or you, you forwarded on anyway. Uh, when was the last time the Robbers women's team played a competitive match? Mm. And that was the first since they played Rohini United at the AUL Complex in April 2014. So just show you of nine years. Yep. So the women have as many points as the men team already after one match, care. That's it, Prof. And we've Collie O'Neill, Extra Time Podcast. I think I've upset nearly if all the managers in the league. Yeah, he pretty much has because he's just cherry-picking players. But that's how it is. Like, I mean, yeah, it's, it's how it is. And it's a fascinating story when you think about it. Like, he has picked literally a team that has never played together. 
and he just put them all together who he thought was the best and pretty mm. much I'd say he had the pick of the players like well it probably helps that he's there's a lot of ex shells teammates and you know Gorman and Zambra have played together for, for so many years yep. so there'll be an understanding there um as he said also he wouldn't be doing his job if he didn't upset everyone in the league yeah very much so um, yeah the Extra Time Podcast, Gar, who you are accusing of plagiarism. Absolutely, Prof. We started the 50s hotline long time ago, Voice Note Central, and then all of a sudden the Voice Note Podcast comes into play. But listen, mm-hmm. it's a form of flattery, Prof. You should take it and stick it in your little pocket as a feather in your cap. Mm-hmm. Um, the women's 11 was Budden Fox, Hennessy Larkin, Kelly McAvoy, Zambra, O'Leary, O'Gorman, O'Mahony and O'Kane. Yeah, I watched it actually on uh, LOI TV. Uh, it's seven euro for the individual men's matches, five euro for women. So I'm rethinking my season pass now, because if, if I make too many of these purchases, yeah, maybe in the long run, I, I bought the first one and then I bought the season pass after yeah. that, and I said uh, I'm, I'm gonna end up watching them, which is it's handy to have. Yeah, I think I might so. Um, so our own Shauna Fox and Lee O'Leary feature in the team of the week for the women. Uh, it was O'Leary's cross for the winner, and it was Shauna who gave the hoops the lead. Yeah. So first game of the season, Saturday at half five. So big push for that one, Prof. Keep an eye on socials. Keep an eye on everything. It's going to be a big one. So and it was announced that there's going to be a women's All Ireland competition. So this will begin in June. So the Satanta for the ladies. Yeah. Looking forward um, to that. This will begin in June during the mid-season break during the World Cup. Um, the up north. They are only beginning their league now. They are also a summer league, which I didn't know. But what they've done is they've timed... They obviously had the spell planned. And they've structured their fixtures to allow this all-earning competition. That's pretty cool. That, yeah. We could take something from that. Remember the, the, <laughs> Do you remember how everyone falling apart? Oh, fucking... I think Tommy Tommy made a good point about it. He was like, this is desperate. It's fucking desperate oh, schedule. so bad. At one stage... We were down because I remember I was at Rolston and it was written on the board. We were actually down for a Monday night to play an All Ireland semi final. We were just waiting on like the associations to agree and they just never did. And I can't imagine they get on very well. The Irish FA and the FAO, I can't imagine. <laughs> They'd be the best of friends. Um, Rovers under 19 is probably the Roadstone project. We beat Westford 3 2. 17's beat Longford 11 0. Seven different goal scorers, including a keen Dylan Hattrick. And the 15s defeated Bowes 2-1. Those three games were at Roadstone. And the 14s were 5-2. Winners away to Pats. So some good results there, Prof. And the women's 19s won 7-0 at DLR Waves with a Shannon Cody Hattrick. And the women's 17s drew 3-3. A humdinger, slobber knocker, as they say, Prof. 3-all at P-Mount. And our 2012 boys played Kilimanjaro in the Cup 2011 competition winning 2-0. And the 13s beat Nina FC to progress to the final eight of the SFAI Cup. So, um, good good weekend for the Rosestone Project. With no Tuesday trivia this week, probably you've given me a week off. I'm happy with that. I mm-hmm. can't keep up this week. I'm actually bollocks this week. <laughs> I fucking am. I haven't I had a minute. Figured you all need to rest after that mm. eight-gold thriller. As for the player minute. quizzes at Rosestone, somebody asked me this on Friday. Um, because we haven't done them in a couple of weeks. Uh, we've done three... Uh, there's five more qualifiers. We'll get there. It's just, just tricky for you and I with work to get We're up there. We're both on the eights at the minute. Yeah, it is. Because yeah. they're gone by the time we finish. But my, my schedule yeah. changes a little bit more than the profs. 
So mm. I'll be properly probably back up there in mm. the next week or two. But we'll sort something. Don't worry. Yeah, like there's a couple of opportunities. Like when we when we have a Monday game, you can go up on the Sunday. Uh, I could be on nights once next next month. So if oh, I, I am, cannot wait for this. If I am, I might blitz a few quizzes. I can't wait to see. While you I'm on free nights. during the day, you're gonna be like fucking Walking Dead. Well, I did it once and it was okay, but um, yeah, I, I want to avoid them if I can. Mm. Um, yeah, so probably we have Tiffany's Hotline Part 2, Paula Kearns, Ellen Kearns, and Emma Wheatley. Yellow. Hi, Carl. It's Paula Kearns here. Um, I am one of the original members of the 400 Club, so uh, I've been following Rovers for quite a long time. Um, I sit normally in the West Stand in Tala. Uh, Favourite way ground would be Turner's Cross. I didn't buy a League of Ireland TV season pass, but I do pay for games that I want to watch. They obviously am that. <laughs> um, what made you fall in love with Rovers? Well, I met my... Uh, I was always a football fan, and I met my boyfriend um, in 1978, and he's now my husband. And he brought me to my first Rovers match, and I was totally smitten, and I haven't looked back since. Um, challenges as a female supporter. Well, if anybody knows me, they don't need to get me started on this one, because I just think the way female supporters in the league around are treated is abominable, um, particularly in relation to toilet facilities. Um, like, like, this has been an ongoing issue for as long as I have followed uh, League of Ireland. But uh, I don't have any objections to, you know, portaloos, which once they're designated female portaloos uh, and are not used by players of the opposition team, as happened um, in a certain ground in Dublin last season. So um, that's my rant on that one. <laughs> um, what have Robertson done to better than us? Well, the Tallis Stadium is so inclusive in every way they've done everything they can to uh, for i think for female supporters in terms of the facilities even the facilities in the ground are fantastic um the hospitality the food offerings um it's very hard to know what you could improve on um you know that i i can't see anything at the moment that i would feel they can improve on other than obviously getting the new stand and getting it open getting that up and running um will you go to rovers games this season and uh, women's games yeah well i hope to i hope i will i hope to go to them and um, i hope well i think that the the rovers ladies team will win the league Um, ireland i don't know how well they do i would be great to see them get to the quarterfinal of the world cup i think Um, we're missing three percent of backs well my uh, favorite center half uh, old school center half would be Darren keely uh of the 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 newest teams, I would say Pico. Uh, do you agree with Brad's with this? Um, oh, sorry, Brad, sir. Um, I would like to agree with you, but at this stage, it's not looking as good as the team we had last year. I mean, we, I think we're seriously missing Andy Lyons and Mandreo, players like that. I, I, it obviously, it remains to be seen, but at the moment, no. Um, I had a funny shout. Unfortunately, I got a complete blank about this one, even though I've heard so many funny things over the years at football games. I just can't think of one outstanding one. 
Um, Hollywood section. Uh, yeah, I have seen. Um, I've seen Elvis. That's one of the best picture nominations. Um, one of the best films I've seen uh, last year was a film called The Phantom of the Open. Uh, it was a small film. Uh, one of these feel-good films, but I really enjoyed it. I think it was really good. Um, and I can't think of the worst film I've seen in the last year. Sorry. Uh, Will, Will Smith slap. I thought it was a complete um, publicity stunt at the time. Um, subsequently, I don't know. And certainly in the last few days, I've heard Chris Rock saying some other uh, disparaging comments about um, Will Smith's wife, so um, maybe it was genuine. Um, I don't have a celebrity doppelganger. Are you any other quiz? I love quizzes, absolutely love quizzes, and uh, I wouldn't have a speciality subject. I, I, I just love general knowledge, and that's fine with me. That would be what I think my speciality would be. Uh, the biggest prize I've ever won was years ago, um, I won a trip to Belfast to stay at uh, in a, very, a luxury hotel and have a meal in a luxury restaurant. So that's probably the best thing I've ever won. So that is it. Um, keep on hooping. Hi, Tifties. It's Ellen Kearns here. Um, okay, so I've been a member, I think, since 2017 but I've followed over since the day I was born. Um, in Tala, I sit in the West Stand. Um, we always have since we started going there. Um, my favorite away ground, I think would be Turner's Cross. It's always a good atmosphere when we go there. Um, yeah, I'd say there. And although it was unusual to play a home game there once, didn't enjoy that. Um, did I buy? I didn't buy a League of Ireland TV season pass this year, um, and I won't say why, but I still have access to it. <laughs> um, what made me fall in love with Rovers? Oh, it's hard to answer because I've just always been a part of my life and I've always loved it. So I think really though, like I suppose your earliest memories are like running around the RDS as a kid and just it being really fun and like all the regular faces and there being other kids and just being with your family and them all enjoying themselves. And so I suppose it wasn't necessarily the football at the start that came at a later stage. Um, and then obviously being a mascot when I was about five, um, that always sticks out in my mind. So that really cemented my, my love for Rovers, I think. Um, challenges as a female supporter. Um, yeah. Definitely. Like one, obviously, I think everyone's probably going to say it is facilities really, really poor at times and um, actually a lot of the time in away, away grounds and sometimes there's not very um, compassionate staff like who are willing to help you or make things more. They actually make things more difficult a lot of the time. So, um, yeah, it's not fun trying to use a loo with a big throng of men um, hanging outside the portaloo, um, sometimes banging on the door and all the rest, which is, um, yeah, it's just not great as a woman to be in that situation. Um, other than that, I'd say my biggest challenge actually growing up was people like outside of Rovers believing that I genuinely liked football, like that I actually liked watching the football. 
and I'd often get the slag of like, oh, you're just there to look at the fellas or whatever. And um, yeah, that growing up wouldn't really bother me at all now, but growing up used to be quite frustrating. Um, so that's the joke I can think of. I'm sure there's plenty others. Um, oh, by far, Tallis Stadium is by far better with facilities for women and family friendly, just the whole atmosphere, the whole match day experience. Um, is just much better uh, for all fans and obviously particularly females compared to other stadiums where you almost have to beg to use a proper toilet at times so um which is fine when you're a grown woman um you can kind of get over it but like when you're younger it's kind of embarrassing and then also obviously when if you're bringing kids it's not ideal either so um yeah i'd say that's really a big thing that's how it does better um what could the club improve on? Look, I think every club and every organisation can improve on gender diversity and more inclusion. Um, but that's, you know, a joint thing for everyone to tackle um, and how we make it more appealing to get involved and maybe be more involved at board level and things like that or something that I think uh, could be improved upon. Um, Will you go to Rovers Women's Game? Yeah, I'll definitely try and go to a few. I can't commit too much to any amount of games this year because I have a small baby at home. But um, I will definitely be going to some of the Rovers Women's Games. Uh, it's very exciting to see the commitment that's been made there. Um, I think they'll win. I think the Women's Team will win the league this year. Um, we are missing three centre-backs. Who was your favourite centre-back? Oh, Terry Palmer. Always, always has been, always will be. Favourite player of all time. <laughs> um, do you agree with Brad's are the strongest squad? No. Sorry, Brad's there, but no. But I'm open to being proved wrong. Funniest managed to have come to insult. Oh, God, this is a hard one because there's been so many and my memory's gone blank now. But um, I know it's a classic, but like, Anytime someone shouts at a bald linesman or ref to get the hair out of their eyes, just still makes me giggle. Um, Hollywood section. Okay, the Oscars are coming up. Have you seen any of the best? Yeah, I've seen Elvis and I've seen Banshee's Van Sheeran. Um, I actually thought Elvis was the best movie I've seen this year. And the worst movie I've seen this year was this Viking one called The Northman. Um, just did not enjoy it at all. Um, when you're on from Will Smith, my initial reaction was that the slap was a publicity stunt. Um, but I think that wasn't the case. Do I have a celebrity doppelganger? Like, are you asking the men this? Like, <laughs> um, no, I don't know if I have a celebrity good doppelganger, and I wouldn't be so vain as to say that I did. <laughs> um, are you any good at quizzes? No, I'm terrible. I'm terrible at quizzes. Like, I always give it a shot, but I overthink the answers and second guess and can't ever answer them properly. Um, what is the biggest prize? I can't think of any. I've never won anything decent. Um, no, nothing that I can think of. Um, so, yeah, that's all of them, I think. So, thanks for having me. Good evening. This is Emma Wheatley calling into the Tifties hotline for International Women's Day. 
I'm a member and a season ticket holder. I'm following Rovers since 1993, so during the RDS days, and Ray Tracy's title-winning team were the first team I supported. I've been a season ticket holder for as long as I can remember, really. I was a member from the start, and I kind of lapsed in maybe about 2014, but I'm a member again since, I'd say, about 2017, 2018, I think. So in Tala, myself and my dad have moved around a bit. We started at the back of Block D when Tala first opened. Then we moved over to the far side down the shopping centre end when the East Stand opened. And then went back to the main stand, Block X or Block Y, I think it was, when the East Stand became the away section. And now we're back to the back of Block D. So my favourite away ground has always been the Brandywell, to be honest. I love Derry as a city. I lived there during university, but honestly, I want nothing but misery for them this season. Did I buy an LOI season pass? I did. I bought it as a just in case I can't get an away ticket. And given attendances are up across the league already this season, I might need to use it. What made me fall in love with Rovers is really easy. My dad and my granddad. My granddad's from the Liberties and they moved out to Kimmage. So despite Transport and St. James's Gate being the closest League of Ireland clubs at the time, um, they used to cycle down to Milltown to watch Rovers. So dad started bringing myself and my brother in the early 90s. And alongside winning the league my first season, I would have to say the Friday night lights and the balls and the crowd definitely had something to do with it as well. And the hot dogs in the RDS. Have I faced any challenges as a female supporter? To be honest, I think the only challenges or only any, you know, slaggings I've gotten over the years is from lads who don't follow the league and support foreign teams. Um, although I will say, as someone who uses Twitter the odd time, Bose and Dundalk fans cannot take the slagging at all. I slag all clubs and all club fan bases. And whenever I mention those two clubs, they are certs for responding with more than a few derogatory comments. So I don't really know. Maybe it's small club syndrome or maybe small man syndrome. Not sure. What have Rovers and Tala done better than other clubs to welcome more women? And is there anything the club could improve on? I think Tala Stadium generally is as welcoming, welcoming as a stadium as you're going to find. And that's in Ireland and elsewhere. And I don't really think female fans want anything extra or even expect anything extra, except really for the basics. But unfortunately, expecting working toilets, running water light and a bit of respect is too much for some clubs to manage and to be honest it's not even necessarily down to the men at other clubs it's just general rudeness and begrudgery toward rovers i think will i go to the rovers women's games this season i will absolutely make the effort to get to a couple of games to be honest i don't really watch much women's football but i was listening to hannah's brilliant piece on the women's team and the history of our team last week on the podcast and it actually reminded me that i used to go and watch the rovers women in albert college and down in the trinity sports complex years ago when i played myself and um, but the men's team have my full attention and despite what the studies might say as a woman i can't multitask so it will be it will be a few times maybe um in this upcoming season that i get to see the women's team where will they finish in the league and how might Ireland do in the World Cup? Well, given the players we've signed and in particular, given Collie O'Neill's appointment, we'd really have to be going with a title winning return to the Women's Senior Football League. So I'm going to go with a, a Rovers title. And in relation to the World Cup, I haven't got a clue. Um, 
I watched parts of their games in the lead up to qualification. So maybe we'll get to the quarterfinals and Germany will win the tournament because sure, Germany are odds on to win any tournament. Missing a couple of centre-backs um, against Derry and Cork and Drogheda, who's my favourite centre-half that I've seen um, play for Rovers. It has to be Peter Eccles. There was no one better than him when I first started following Rovers, although I do think Pico comes very, very close. Do I agree with Bradzer that this is our strongest quad in years? Do I agree with our three-in-a-row title-winning manager? Hmm, I absolutely do. It's always going to be really difficult to try and replace players like Andy Lyons, Danny Mandroyu, Chris McCann, Idemo, and more in one season. But I think we've recruited really well. And when the madness of the first few games has died down and Bradzer can pick a strongest 11, then I think the serial box pro license holders, who mostly are in the south stand and main stand, will agree that we have definitely strengthened where we've needed to. And there's always the July window as well for a few surprises. In relation to the funniest or maddest shout directed at a player, there's a few over the years, but I've always loved the Gavin Pierce one about being knocked down by an ice cream van. I actually think I asked him whether it was true. I'm not sure what he said, so I'm just going to keep believing that it is true. Um, there's loads of absolute belters that I've heard over the years, but I really don't think many of them can be repeated because I'm not sure what kind of legal representation Tifties has. So on to the Hollywood section, the best and worst film I saw this past year. I'm a big horror movie fan, um, but the two worst films I saw this year were horror movies. Um, the latest Scream film was possibly the worst thing I've ever seen. And I also watched the Friday the 13th, 2009 reboot for the first time. And that was horrendous. So yeah, I'm hoping for some good horror movies this year. Um, the best film I saw was Ambulance with Jake Gyllenhaal and Yaya Abdul-Mateen, who I'm hoping will be the best Bond. Ambulance was really good. Um, one year on from the Will Smith slap, what was your reaction to it? Um, I've seen some embarrassing rows at Rovers over the years, and if I saw that on a terrace, I'd be Scarlet. Do I have a celebrity doppelganger? Um, this one really threw me because I'm always told I have lookalikes. I'm always asked, you know, is that you on the Aer Lingus Dublin to Berlin route? Are you double jobbing as a waitress in Chippenham? Um, so I had to ask. And apparently I look a little bit like the Irish actress Katie McGrath. So I googled her and I will absolutely take that. Am I good at quizzes? I love a good quiz. Um, I watch TV quizzes um, uh, to relax, I suppose, because um, watching Rovers so far this season, isn't that relaxing? And geography and James Bond would be my specialist subject. Um, the biggest prize I've ever won. Well, it's definitely at the Golden Goal competition anyway. I think um, probably I won an under 14 Leinster Senior Cup um, and I still have the medal somewhere. And I've won a few karaoke competitions as well. But that last one I'll be denying when we're in Europe. Thanks for the invitation, lads. And as a woman, if I can offer some soothing, delicate, ladylike advice early on in the season, it will be this. Calm the fuck down. Trust the process and keep some annual leave for the European trips and four in a row celebrations. Keep on hooping. So the Tifty's Hotline Part 2, Paula Cairns, Ella Cairns and Emma Wheatley. So uh, some great audio there. And um, Emma just back from abroad, I'd say. Again, once again, just jetting off, you know. 
Yeah, I suggest you should do the old poolside recording, just like Naughty O'Brien. Remember him? Like, I love it. Like, you hear the splashes. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> kids jumping in the pool and all, yeah. Yeah, Emma's, uh, she said she forgot to mention her Oscar nominations. She said she saw Top Gun Maverick. Um, so this is what I was mentioning earlier. Paula Kearns chose for her favourite film last year, Phantom of the Open. And that, unbelievably, is my pick. Me and my dad. Phantom of the... Of the Open. Of the open. Me and my dad saw this in a tiny cinema. Lighthouse? Um, I reckon it might have been the lighthouse, yeah. Like, literally 12 of us or something in this screening. And... The who was who of Kimmage. It, <laughs> it was my favourite film last year. And my dad, like, read it in the paper. I think he'd heard the story before. Um, what What was the year... I think it might have been the 70s and so this basically amateur golfer not even amateur just like he plays golf as a hobby and he's actually terrible at it right and he enters Happy Gilmore job like he enters the British Open because no one had the British Open the, the organisers just assumed that a hobbyist wouldn't enter why would you enter a professional championship if you weren't like part of a golf club so and they didn't restrict it and weren't a professional so you can so they never it never occurs that you could just lie and say yes I am a pro and he ended it and he was absolutely terrible like he couldn't get off the tee sometimes and he was making an absolute mockery of the whole thing but he's such an absolute gentleman and he's so personable and the guy playing him at the end of the movie they played some clips of the actor oh the actual some guy clips of the actual guy and it is such a beautiful film oh yeah I got definitely it's gonna check it so, out it's so funny and ah absolutely brilliant flick I love the Paula Chosa um, yeah so the mother but, and the daughter Cairns double combo prof brilliant stuff great yeah. hearing her side of it from Paula talking about going since she fell in love in the 70s and then her daughter's side of things as well. So you're looking at both spectrums there. It's really yeah. cool. Ellen thinks we should ask the man, ask the men this uh, doppelganger question as well, which I think we will. I think we'll carry this question over for the next couple of hotlines. There's some very funny answers there, I'd imagine. Yeah, I think this is some potential comedy in this. It's something I did in the programme last year with all the players, ex-players I interviewed. I asked them, who do you look like? My favourite was James Keddy. He said Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, yeah. He just goes, because I was on Zoom with him, and he just goes, yeah, just look at me, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> and I looked at him, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> oh, it actually is. I was yeah. checking out. Yeah, so some great stuff from the hotline again. Prof, brilliant, yeah. brilliant listening. Poor, poor Emma can't multitask, so she's only going to go to the men's games. Uh, well, she might catch one or two women's games, but she went to, the, went to them in the 90s. That was interesting. Well, uh, Glory Hunter. That's yeah. what it is, yeah. Glory Hunter. So, Prof, up next. Stan Levens. Predictions. I'm going way different with this one. Way different. Purely because of, I, I fucking hate Tolga as a pitch. Um... I'm thinking back to how somehow a lot a lot of the times we struggle on narrow pitches. Aladrada. Well, last year in Talco, aside from the first half of the two-one win, we did not play well at any point. No, it's something I don't know what it is, right? 
It's just these little pitches we seem the teams seem sometimes seem to have our number here, right? I still, but I'm have, gonna, still have nightmares from that nil nil draw. I know. It's one so of the dullest games of football. Clearly hit the bar the Thunder Bastard, yeah. that was it. The only the only thing I'm thinking of is when we really needed to change it up and we weren't playing well and we went out to Pats and we won with Watson the ten. I'm gonna change it up, prof. I'm gonna go Manus. Well I know you're oh. not putting Watson the team. No. <laughs> I'm gonna go four at the back. Ooh. I'm gonna go far at the back. Are you telling me? I know her? that we know it's mental, right? But this is just an imaginary scenario for me. I'm li- purely just mixing it up. Even considering the crisis that we had against Derry and we still didn't play far at the back, I'm gonna go far at the back. I'm gonna go Clark, left full, Pico, Cleary, and Gannon, right? So that's far at the back in a tight little pitch. We'd be okay. Gary O'Neill in front as a little bit of protection, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna have. It's gonna be like a four-one-three-two. Do you remember that formation we used to play in Championship Manager? Oh, Gattuso yeah. in front of the back four. Oh yeah, with the arrows with pushing the arrows up. pushing them <laughs> up, right? So you're gonna have Gannon and Clark pushing on with big arrows. Gareth's doing, doing the arrow motions. Garros, yeah, and, and then Gary O'Neill going back in as a third centre half when we are going forward, right? Uh I'm gonna go Bork, Bourne and Ferrugia. Bork on the left, Bourne in as a ten, Ferrugia on the right. And Kenny and Gaffney up front. Two up front. Wow. Totally out there. Totally out. And I'm going to say it's going to work. And we're going to keep a clean sheet. And win 2-0. Now oh. it's... I, I just thought that there. I'm at the scribbling now on Prof's payslip here. Um, How am I supposed to follow that? Struggling to lift it up here. It's so heavy. Um, I had three at the back. I was going to go Cleary, Pico, Hoare, Gary O'Neill and Towell in the middle. With Clark on the left. Ruja on the right. Bourne, Bourke, Gaff. But I'm going to go totally different and say fuck it, 4-4-2 and I will go 2-0 win. Right, well... You mine, can't copy me now, can mine, you? You can't <laughs> copy me now. Mine is not going to be anywhere near as exciting as this. Which, which side is it written on? Right, that's that's the 4-4-2. The back is right. the other formations. Well, I'm bringing, I'm bringing back in Freoja. Oh, that's the obvious one. Um, I'm going to stick with Gaffney and Kenny together. So, yeah, I'm dropping Watts. And who am I bringing in for Watts? So it's going to be Tell or Burt, is it? I'm going to um, predict Gaffney play well on a tight pitch and putting Kenny in and Bourne behind the Bork with loads of firepower and plenty of options on the bench. Because we don't know what the crack is with Burt yet. Bourne was in the original starting lineup, but I, yeah. I, don't, I genuinely don't know what's going on. And I don't know what power is, so... I don't know what Perry is. I don't know what he is. Don't know What's what he that is. in? That's in Bora. <laughs> it's for Bow Selector. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Tell in for Watts. Ooh. It's, he hasn't got a start yet, so it's, mm. oh, it's it's a tough one. Well, yeah, no, totally going left field here, Prof. Just but trying to mix it up. Having said that, I actually want to see Bert start. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like from, like I said, a couple of bows. Well, I only know one bows fella, that's being honest. And he's sound, believe it or not. And I talk to him at work. Do you know immediately when you hear someone's balls, you, you just think, oh, I'm going to hate this person. I'm going to hate this person. Yeah, <laughs> but he's actually a nice bloke and we're chatting away about general football matters and he reckons that Bort is one of the best players in the league on his day, but he's a sick note. So um, that's no, from somebody can, who watched him for the full season, you know, twice. I can see Bort being a big player for us. Hopefully. This season. I can definitely see it happen. Um, What's your prediction, Prof? My prediction... I mean, got to get this first win of the season. Mm. We have to do it. Right, a squeaky 1-0. Squeaky 1-0. In off someone's arse. Who In cares how arse. we get it? 
One nil win. In after, in Fifth after game after of the season. We're not going to stretch this record back any further back than 2005. No. We're getting a first win of the season. Um, Bray, the big one. Let's see your cup quarterfinal. Do you know what? I'll say put the kids out and we'll go 2-2, win on penals. Nah, Drazi to be the hero. <laughs> um, even though I'm not sure I'm going to this one, Gar. The dart <laughs> to Bray on a Monday after the 16 bus to Talca. Yep. Doing a tour of the city on the Friday. Uh, Doesn't sound great. No, I don't. Then again, sure, what else would you be doing? Pat Tuhi would be there with bells on, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he'd let you jump into the passenger so, seat. Yeah, still no Ronan Finn. Um, I believe it's an Achilles injury has that happened from the Spain camp. So that's put him out still for the time being. When you when you were describing our back three against Derry, um, it, it didn't it didn't encourage me at the time. I was trying to think who said this. It was Dangerous Dave on Facebook. He called it a patchwork quilt back three. Brilliant. Brilliant. I'm loving Dave's ramblings <laughs> lately. Yeah. Ramblings and conspiracy theories. I love Dave. Brilliant. So hopefully, stability in our back three for the first time this season. Gary O'Neill protection. Will we find our groove again? I'll be, we are scoring plenty of goals. But yeah, hopefully that's stability. Um, we only have one home game in the next four weeks now. Oh, fuck off. And it's Paddy's day at 5pm. Against Pats. A struggling Pats, no, no doubt. Mm. But... You know what they're like. No, it's just us. weird. We don't have like a non-holiday Friday eight o'clock kickoff yeah, yeah, for yeah. nearly five weeks. The one after that is UCD on the Monday. So it's just so, kind of quite weird the way the schedule is is shaping up now. So last, get the gold so, cup out of the way and then straight onto the buses. And yeah, we all be, be behind the goal, uh, shouting at Conor Curran's abusing his brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mixed emotions. <laughs> yeah. So that's it for this week, Prof. Unless we want, we are, we have the junior hoops as well. Still doing guards of honor, fantastic stuff. So join them. Check them out online on our website. We have who else? Who else gets involved in the club, Prof? I think that's it. But Robert Goggins, Prof, the gogster, Goggledino, announced that the second edition of my chronological history of Shamrock Rovers will be available within the next what two weeks. What the hell did you just say? Chronological Did it come out like that? Chronological Chronological History of Shamrock Rovers Will be available In the next two weeks So brilliant shout out From the GOG So 10 year edition And just go and get it man It's a great read And I certainly won't be reading it On the toilet prof Ah here Shots fired Yeah the GOG recorded That video announcement On Shamrock Avenue As it was known at the time Yeah That's a nice touch I like that He's a classy guy Yeah Robert has dug deep into the untold history of the early years. Yeah. He keeps saying to me, he's like, oh, I have to do it now in case someone else comes along and beats me to it about the history of Rovers from the Don't think 19th century for those 20 years. I'm just like, who's going to Who on that? earth is going to do that? Like, I was thinking, because yeah. it was 10 years, obviously, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking to myself, could we wait till the end of this season? You know, well, you don't. You don't know if we're gonna do you know, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four in a row, but uh, yeah, me and Jim Conroy are the only two people psychotic enough to attempt this, and I'm too lazy. <laughs> yeah, you get so, you. You've you enough in your plate, prof. Let Rob finish this one off. So yeah, can't wait to read. Well, actually, I have read most of it. I've proofread most of it. Um, so fantastic update from Robert Gardner. Me, me too. Yeah, I've proofread it as well. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's it this week, prof. It's a big one in Talca Park this week so um, looking forward to a few points in the cat and cage straight in to 
the dilapidated Tolka. And hopefully we take home the three points. So that is it. We'll see you hopefully out on uh, the north side, Prof. And that's it. Keep on hooping. See ya. The lady has foolishly attempted to join the conversation with a wild and dangerous opinion of her own. What half-baked drivel. Some life I've been living Like a song in the night Good every moment Good news and bright lights Anytime I get lonesome just got to do things right Make way of all the ladies You can do it, my son Making hay with no gravy Brings the good folk down Anytime you get lonely You just got to turn It don't tell you no lies Could it be someone wasted? How could it be otherwise? When the sand